Blog Talk Radio. This is Celtics Talk Radio, your weekly C's audio magazine. Listen as we discuss the latest news for the Boston Celtics. You can call us at 347-857-3545. Now, here's your host, Daniel, Igor, and Kevin. Hey, what's up, Celtics fans? Welcome to another edition of Celtics Talk Radio. This is episode 311, the end of the NBA regular season. So, as our title describes, ladies and gentlemen, we are basically at the end of the NBA regular season. Our Boston Celtics have just one game remaining in their 82-game regular season schedule, which that game, ladies and gentlemen, will take place tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern time on TNT, as the Celtics will be in Memphis to take on the Memphis Grizzlies. That game, of course, means something for the Boston Celtics, but does not mean anything for the Memphis Grizzlies, as the Memphis Grizzlies are currently locked in the two-seed out in the Western Conference. So the Memphis Grizzlies do not have have anything to gain by playing for something in that game. They do not have to win. They do not have to lose. They will not go up in the standings. They will not go down in the standings, depending on what happens in that game. But for the Boston Celtics, it is a totally different story, ladies and gentlemen. The Boston Celtics are still in a position where they could be the second seed in the Eastern Conference for the Eastern Conference playoffs. They could end up being the third seed where they are currently right now, or they could end up being the fourth seed, depending on what happens tomorrow in the games taking place. Of course, the other two games that will dictate what end up, ends up happening to our Boston Celtics, ladies and gentlemen, are the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers tomorrow in Cleveland. That game tips off at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. And then the game between the Detroit Pistons and the Philadelphia 76ers in Philadelphia tips off at the same time our game does, 7 p.m. Eastern time. So let me give you the scenarios at this point in regards to what we are looking at for tomorrow. Scenario one, if you are a fan looking for the Boston Celtics to basically get the two seed, which of course the two seed means that you will face the winner of the 7-8 playing game. Right now, when you look at the standings, ladies and gentlemen, The 7-8 seed matchup features the Brooklyn Nets as the 7 seed facing the 8-seeded Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, the 7 seed, 8 seed, 9 seed, 10 seed, which is the play-in tournament seeds, can end up being totally changed at this point. The Brooklyn Nets are 7, the Cleveland Cavaliers are 8, the Atlanta Hawks are 9, the Charlotte Hornets are 10. So the matchups, all those four teams are only separated by one game, ladies and gentlemen. So we do not know who will face who in what game at this point. The Western Conference is a totally different story as we now know who will face each other in this case in the play-in tournament. So we will get to that a little bit later on in this case as today's show will be basically discussing the NBA playoffs But in the Eastern Conference, the play-in tournament is not set in stone. So if you want to get the Celtics to the number two seed so that they can end up facing somebody from the play-in tournament, tomorrow you will need to see the Milwaukee Bucks lose their game to the Cleveland Cavaliers while the Boston Celtics end up beating the Memphis Grizzlies. 
That scenario puts the Celtics as the number two seed and then knocks the Milwaukee Bucks down to the three seed, and the Philadelphia 76ers will be your four seed. If you want the Boston Celtics in this case to be the number four seed, which means they would end up facing the number five seed in the first round, which means the Toronto Raptors, which, of course, for anybody who's been hiding under a rock for whatever reason over the last month or so, the Toronto Raptors do have that issue of the stipulations that Canada has put where any any person going into Canada must be vaccinated if you want to enter the country. So, of course, the Celtics are one of the top four – are one of two teams in the top four that currently, in this case, have some sort of, I guess you can say, controversy as to who is fully vaccinated and who isn't. The Philadelphia 76ers are the other team who basically have some question marks. Both the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat have basically confirmed that their teams are fully vaccinated at this point. But the Boston Celtics have not come out and basically confirmed that their team are fully vaccinated. So if you feel the Boston Celtics could end up beating the Toronto Raptors and that they would have an easier path to the NBA Finals as the fourth seed by facing Toronto first and then facing the Miami Heat second in the second round of the NBA playoffs, then you will need to end up seeing, in this case, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Philadelphia 76ers win tomorrow with the Boston Celtics losing to the Memphis Grizzlies for the Celtics to fall down to four. That would then mean Milwaukee will be second and the 76ers will be third. Any other scenario outside of those two scenarios, in this case meaning anything other than a Bucks and 76ers win and a Celtics loss, or a Bucks loss and a Celtics win, puts the Celtics currently where they are at right now, which is the three seed. The three seed means you face the Chicago Bulls. Of course, the Bulls team that you've just destroyed the other night, in this case, on April 6th. So I don't think any Celtics fan will be worried about a potential matchup with the Bulls knowing you just destroyed them less than a week ago. So, again, I think that would be what you are hoping for. If the Celtics can win tomorrow night or if the Philadelphia 76ers can lose tomorrow night against Detroit, you end up going against the Chicago Bulls. But if you lose tomorrow night and the Philadelphia 76ers end up winning in this case, you are likely going to end up facing the Toronto Raptors in that 4-5 matchup. So we have one of my co-hosts in this case. I do believe this is Kevin Dixon in this case. So I will bring him in. Kevin, I believe this is you. Yeah, Daniel, how you doing? I'm fine. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good, man. I, I um, went to the game up there. I didn't, get, I didn't get a chance to come see you. I was a little tired, man. That nice little ride up there and back. But uh, my attendance was good. Um, I went to the game, saw them play the Wizards. Um, and to see them live is completely different than seeing them on TV. Um Without without time, Lord, uh, I know there's a Washington Wizards, but man, they look really good. Um, and I know the situation with the Toronto thing is is concerning for us because um, 
we know that well he hasn't said it come right out and said it yet, but Jalen Brown is the may be the guy that's not vaccinated on the Celtics. And if you think about it, then when they played them, they, they played them out Al Harford and they played them out Jason Tatum. So in a couple bad possessions there, we probably could have won the game. So I don't know if they're if they're thinking that if that's their mindset um, against playing Toronto and Jalen doesn't go. Um, and uh, even the situation with um, if we end up falling and playing the Nets. Um, I, I think that as fans, we kind of go overboard on a lot of stuff when it comes to the Celtics. And I think um, as a fan and as a, as a, as a competitor, you want to play against the best um, and let the chips fall where they may because, to be honest with you, Daniel, we weren't supposed to be here anyway, you know. But um, Stevenson said at also break that we're going all in, and he did exactly that. So I'm, I'm the mindset of I know how good – uh, the Nets can be, but I think we can be better because we play better defense. Um, if we take on the mindset that, okay, we're going to let Kevin and Kyrie get theirs and, st- and try to stop everybody else, then we should be successful. Because I, I don't think they can out, I don't think two can outscore 12. <laughs> um, so I, that's my mindset when it comes to that right there. And, uh, I think, though, the most curious thing is is, is about Jalen um, and not coming right out and saying that he had the shot or he didn't have the shot. Um, I want to lean more to him not getting the shot um, because of the statement he made. And, you know, he says it's, it's a personal personal preference. And because he's part of the, the committee in the NBA, um, he uses right to say what he wanted to say, but I think Jalen Brown is a team player, always been a team player, and I think that when it comes down to it, he'll probably do the right thing. Um, and this has to, this has this ha- this has to have some type of repercussions going forward with Jalen Brown with the Celtics because. If you feel this is one of your best chances, and that's, 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 we can look at it like this. this. We don't know what the future holds with this team, but um, this, they have a great chance of actually getting to the NBA Finals because they're playing good defense. So you don't want to squander this moment or this, this year because somebody's not vaccinated. You know, So I'm a little curious and see how it goes. And where it goes with 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 this, but it's it's it could be this this is a tricky this is a tricky situation where we're at with this team. Um, we never thought it would be a concern um, before our star break because we felt like we probably would be in the playing game, <laughs> but now we're you know we're battling for the two, three, or four seed 
and now it's now it's now it becomes a concern. You know, so hopefully they'll put their heads together and they'll do the right thing. Well, actually, um, Kevin, we actually just got a report from uh, Keith, um, Keith Smith in this case, and the situation just might have gotten a little bit more trickier in this case. So, again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to repeat um, those scenarios in this situation for tomorrow before I report this news. Again, the Celtics tomorrow – a Bucks loss and a Celtics win puts them in the number two seed and most likely means you're going to face the Brooklyn Nets in round one if the Nets win the 7-8 playing game, as many people expect them to in this case, as many people feel that they are going to be uh, one of the two teams in that 7-8 matchup. As obviously tomorrow all they got to do is beat the Indiana Pacers to be the num- <clears throat> to be the number seven seed, and then they would basically then just beat one of those two te- one of those three teams below them, which is Cleveland, Atlanta, or Charlotte. As long as they beat one of those three teams in the seven eight matchup, they would be in this case the seven seed to then face the two seed. So a Milwaukee loss tomorrow and a Celtics win pushes you into the two seed. So. The Milwaukee Bucks, according to Keith Smith in this case, Kevin, have now uh, reportedly in this case made it known that um, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, and Bobby Portis are all all doubtful for the game tomorrow against the Cavaliers. So this is the interesting thing that uh, obviously – the Celtics the other day, ladies and gentlemen, played the Milwaukee Bucks, obviously, in that game. And, of course, you know, this is one thing we will be discussing throughout this show. The Celtics lost that game, and it was a pretty close game, Kevin. We all know the Celtics sat Jason Tatum. They um, sat Al Horford. Time Loader, of course, is out with that injury that uh, could have him missing the entire first round of the playoffs. He could make it back for round two. But they lost, but only lost by six points to the Milwaukee Bucks, who played, in this case, with the entire team, basically, in that game. So you're playing the second night of a back-to-back. They're fully rested. They played all their guys, and yet you only lost by six points, which that was an impressive game by the Boston Celtics. And, of course, you were on the road, which I think that game kind of proved you probably don't need home court advantage to beat the Milwaukee Bucks if you have all your players available. Now you're kind of in a, kind of stuck in a position where if you want the three seed tomorrow um, for the first round of the playoffs, should I say, you are likely going to have to beat the Memphis Grizzlies if, obviously, you feel that tomorrow in that game between the Philadelphia 76ers and the Detroit Pistons, that Detroit is not going to be able to get the job done. So you're going to have to beat Memphis to be able to lock yourself into the three seed. But if Milwaukee decides to basically, I guess you can say, forfeit that game to, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers, that means if you end up winning your game, Simply because you're trying to stay ahead of Philly, you could end up basically forcing yourself ahead of Milwaukee simply because of the fact that they chose to forfeit the game. So this looks like 
basically that Milwaukee is doing exactly in this situation what many people were accusing the Celtics of doing just the other night, which is that they're going to possibly look to lose on purpose so that basically Boston could end up jumping ahead of them to jump into the two spot so that they could avoid the Brooklyn Nets at this point and they could end up getting the Chicago Bulls because it would be an easier matchup. So basically, they do not care about home court advantage. That's the message being sent. They do not care about home court advantage against us in round two. They would rather have the easier matchup in round one against Chicago while we kill each other against Brooklyn in this case. And whoever we face, whoever they face in round two between us and Brooklyn, they feel they can end up beating at that point in uh, in the second round. So obviously... This is how it's going to come down at this point. If Cleveland forfeits that game at this point, you might as well basically just wave the white flag. In this case, that's how I'm looking at it. If they don't have those guys playing tomorrow, you might as well wave the the white flag because Cleveland's going to end up winning that game. And, of course, Cleveland, ladies and gentlemen, is in a tie with the Brooklyn Nets at this point, 43-38 and for the seven and eight spots. So if Cleveland wins that game in this situation – and, of course, Brooklyn ends up losing theirs. And that matchup between those two teams, if it ends up being that those two teams play, could easily end up being in Cleveland rather than being in Brooklyn right now. Or Brooklyn could easily end up being forced into the 9-10 matchup in this situation, meaning that there's a chance that instead of facing the two-seeded team, Brooklyn could easily end up having to face the, the, the one seed, which is Miami depending on what ends up happening, because right now Brooklyn at this point has the um, tiebreaker against Cleveland as um, as of right now, which is why they're the seventh seed instead of the eighth seed, the eighth seed in this case. But when it comes to um, the other teams, Charlotte has the tiebreaker against Brooklyn. So Atlanta can't catch Brooklyn because Brooklyn has the tiebreaker against them, so they've they've kind of already eliminated them. So tomorrow, if Brooklyn was to lose their game, and both Cleveland and Charlotte were to win their games tomorrow, and of course, as I mentioned, Cleveland is going to face um, Milwaukee. So if Milwaukee lets all those players um, sit, Cleveland is likely going to win that game. Meanwhile, Charlotte is going to face with the Washington Wizards. And, of course, Kevin, you just explained that you were at a game with the Celtics against the, uh, against the Wizards. So we all know how crappy the Wizards are this year. Obviously, they're the, they're the, the um, 12th team in the Eastern Conference. So if Charlotte can beat the Wizards and Indiana manages to beat the Brooklyn Nets in this case, then the Hornets in this situation could very well knock the Brooklyn Nets out of the 7-8 matchup into the 9-10 matchup in this case. And next thing you know in this situation, Brooklyn is probably likely going to be facing Miami instead of facing Boston or Milwaukee or Philadelphia in this situation. So a a lot going on in this situation. But what do you think that says, Kevin, about Milwaukee right now? knowing that they're willing to sit their guys in this situation tomorrow from the sounds of it, and it could be because they know Boston is trying to get the three spot, and so if they sit tomorrow and Boston wins, that guarantees them the three spot instead of the two spot. I, I, I think that they – I think 
Milwaukee wants to ease his, ease his way out of out, out of there. And the thing that bothers me is Giannis to me is not that type of player. I think he's he he wants to play against the best to be the best. Because years from now when we talk about this again, you know, we're gonna say, Well, you know, these teams were jockeying to get a position an easy position, but you never know what can happen. Um in the process of them trying to do what they're doing. Um, and, again, this is where the league is now where, you know, you're tanking to not to play teams, you know. And back in the day when Bird and, and them guys were playing, they played whoever's in their way, you know. <clears throat> Excuse me. And now we're in the league now where everybody's jockeying not to play a certain team. And again, I mean, if you look at if if you look at Brooklyn, and Brooklyn shouldn't scare nobody. I mean, they, they got Kevin Durant and they got Kyrie. Okay, but if you believe in your defense, then you're going to win. And me personally speaking, if I'm going, if I'm trying to get to, if I'm trying to go to NBA Finals, um, it's sweeter to be the team like Brooklyn, who was already picked to go. Didn't matter if Kyrie played or not; they were still picked to go to the NBA Finals, and you can knock them off. And I mean, there's nothing sweeter than that to me. So it just baffles my mind where the NBA has, has gone to, um, as far as it's concerned. Now, it does make it a little exciting in a sense because you know you, when when they, when Boston had Paul Pierce and Ray Allen guys. They, if you ever watched them play, offensive rebounds wasn't a big thing for them. The defense rebounds was what they really wanted. They want they concentrated on because they would shoot the ball and they already be down the court, ready to play defense. You know, so and then it got to the point where you know they started resting the guys at the end of the season. We're not going to get the number one seed, so we'll be okay with the with the four seed or the three seed or maybe the five seed. Because they could always play defense. They could always rely on the defense, you know. And so I think we don't have that same mindset anymore. Um, it's just the easy, the, easy, the easy way out of trying to get to the NBA Finals. But, again, you would, you would want to play whoever's in front of you. I mean, look, you, come on. I mean, if, if Boston loses to to the Brooklyn Nets, um, and, and I, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think they – me personally speaking, the team that Celtics have right now, if Robert Williams – if they get out of the first round without Robert Williams, I feel like they can go to the NBA Finals. I think they got one of – I think they got the best starting five in in, 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 in the NBA, hands down. Um, you got – everybody knows their role in starting five, um, and everybody plays defense. You know, and Robert Williams is, is is the key to all of that. So we got to get him back. Without Robert Williams, I don't know how far we do go, but I know that we still play defense. You know, but for teams to tank, not to play certain teams, that's really weak. You you play eighty two games all season long, and then the last two or three games matter about who you play. And 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 the thing about it is, everybody knew that Kyrie would be able to play. Um away games, 
So if new, so what Brooklyn Brooklyn didn't really care because they're like, okay, if we go game seven, he's going to play because they're not in Brooklyn. You know, that probably was a mindset of of the Brooklyn Nets. But again, you don't know what could happen in the playing game, or you know, they could get in the playing game and win, and somebody get hurt. Now that's something they got to deal with. So you got to be prepared for all all aspects of the game. And I just look at it like this. Um, I want to play who I want to play. You know, if you, Boston says they, they're number one, number two in defense, then go out and prove it. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I to- totally agree on that in this situation. But, of course, the fact that it's convenient that's how I look at it. Of course, you have people here in Boston in this situation who were quick to judge the Celtics. And, of course, we will have audio of those people, a.k.a. Michael Felder and uh, Holly, who were willing to say it was a bad look for the Celtics to sit their players because they felt we were looking to simply avoid the Brooklyn Nets and that if you're a championship team, you don't go that route. But now all of a sudden, it is looking like the Milwaukee Bucks, who are the defending champions, are trying to do the same thing. Now, if you're somebody who who can look at the situation, ladies and gentlemen, let's look at the situation fairly. Uh, We have another update when it comes to the injury report for the Bucks. So to be... You know, truly here, Grayson Allen and George Hill have both been ruled out for that game tomorrow. Grayson Allen is out with a left hip, George Hill with an abdominal strain. While, doubt, again, doubtful are Giannis Antetokounmpo, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, and Bobby Portis. That's arguably your top six players. If that's not basically making sure your team's going to lose tomorrow, if all six of those guys are out, I don't know what is. But if I got to think about which team is more likely to basically say, okay, I don't want to risk my team facing Brooklyn in round one, who is it? A team that's likely going to have all their players available in round one with the Milwaukee Bucks? Or a team who's missing their starting center in the Boston Celtics for round one? Now, I would think you can make a legit argument that basically we should not be looking at um, I should I say, I would understand not wanting to, you know, people basically judging the Celtics that way that Felder and them did if time was available. But I don't know why people, Kevin, can't seem to understand why we would want to face a team like Chicago, who we've already proven we can beat without Time Lord, rather than facing a team like Brooklyn, knowing that. Not only are you going to have the not only are you going to have the better the better the best players on the other side of the court when you consider Durant and Irving, basically in this case, but at the same time you're not going to be 100% healthy in this case. And if you lose anybody else in that first round matchup, knowing it's going to be a physical series in this case, plus on top of it you got to deal with the officiating that's going to be in Durant and Kyrie's favor in this case. Think about it. Fans have been saying to us. Kevin, not only, you know, you you know how many times you, me, and Igor and the others have been complaining 
about the fact that, you know, our opinions are being basically attacked because people don't feel we should be entitled to an opinion here on the show or people in the Celtics, in our, people in our Celtics talk radio group in this situation, or we believe green group. So, you know, tell me what you think in this case and, um, let her, and, uh, what do you think we should be saying to people when we say, why can't they understand that the Celtics would rather face a much more easier team and guarantee that they get a second-round matchup with a healthy squad rather than facing a dominant team in the first round, knowing that they're going to have to do it without a healthy squad, and if they're not healthy, they could be eliminated. Um, I think that the whole purpose of that is that Boston might be one player away from being a true contender um, at the end of this year. And so the further they go in the playoffs, the more likely they are to convince Carl Anthony Towns, um, um, Brad, Bradley Brill, uh, who else is out there? I, I don't know. I don't know who all three agents out there. But convince them, like, yo, you come here, we can get this thing done. If you lose in the first round, they're like, oh, they're still not ready. They're not ready. To, they're not ready to take that step. So, I think that's one of the reasons why they need to, um, if they play the Bulls, play the Bulls, and then move on. Um, but I think the further they go, the better chance they are to getting another free agent to come to Boston. And 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 the owner even said he said I'm I'm ready he said I'm ready to spend some money he said it we heard, he was on the radio show he said I'm not done yet you know what I'm saying so something's coming down the pike um, and I think the further we go the more convincing it will be for um, a top free agent to want to come here and I would say this right here I, I would like to see a top free agent come to Boston and through a solid trade because that means we got to give up something to get something. Um, that that would have to be the last resort um, because I think if you you add a piece to this, if you really think about it, um, if they do, you know, advance the second round or the third round to the finals and there is a player out there that they want, you can count on Robert Williams' names being involved. You can count on Grant Williams' name being involved. You can count on Marcus Smart, especially if he gets defensive player of the year. Those names are going to be involved in the trade. Um, so that's my only thing is I wouldn't settle for a sign and trade. I'm like, look, if you're going to come in, you got to come here. We're going to pay you, but you just got to come in without without a sign and trade. I know that's the, I know you love that team that you was with, but we can't afford if If you come here, we're going to lose the pieces that we're going to lose because of you coming here, but we need you to come in with those pieces. So I think advancing the playoffs is is big for Boston at this point in time because that shows that shows the other free agents out there that they're that they're ready to be the big dog on campus. They're ready to be the guy sitting on the, the dog sitting on the porch saying, "Don't come on my porch because this is my porch." Um, like for example, Tatum Tatum told Embiid, he said, "You better get the MVP this year because if you didn't get it this year, it's gonna be mine next year." So his mindset already—he already got a hungry mind going into next season. 
regardless of how this season ends. You know what I'm saying? So um, that right there is, I think, a reason why we should look to look to play the Bulls. Um, because the Bulls, I think, right now, they're really just going through the motions. Um, they're beat up. And I feel sorry for them because I, th- I thought they had – they got a good nucleus. They got a good future in what they have. It's just that injuries had injuries tore them apart, you know, and that's something that a lot of teams go through now um, down the stretch. And I really feel sorry for them because I thought they were, um, they, were lit- uh, they were they were a legitimate team in the playoffs, and they're a shell of themselves right now. You know, that's, a, that's, that's one team that I kind of feel – feel bad for, you know what I'm saying? Um, because I, I I like the way they play. Um, they did a lot of due diligence in getting the Rosen, getting ball, even though some people believe that they um, they tampered with him. And, and I would say to them, they tried to get him an all-star break, but they wouldn't trade him then. So it, it wasn't no tampering to me. It wasn't no tampering at all because they, were, they always had him on. They always had him on their mind as far as being a part of the team. So, but anyway, I think with Boston playing playing the Bulls, I gives them a good opportunity to get through that series, hopefully in five games. I think the Bulls win, do win a game. But if they can get through it in five, we're good. Um, and if we can get Tom Lord back during the next series, um, then I think we got a really good chance. But I, I don't – I, I – me being a competitor, I want to play whoever's in front of me. But if you're trying to talk to free agents to come to Boston, I think that might be the route to go um, because you know you're going to have to deal with Brooklyn next year anyway. You know what I'm saying? So that's going to be one of your nemesis in, next year anyway because COVID looked like it's, it's settling down and now uh, Kyrie can play every game. So unless there's a big setback, from the end of the season till the beginning of the season next year, you can count on Kyrie probably playing in every game. So as a Southern fan, we know they're going to be a nemesis. You know that the, the 76 is going to be right there as well, um, with Doc or without Doc. So I, I I agree with I agree with some people, um, but I can I understand their competitiveness of want to play whoever. But if you want to see them advance with a better percentage chance, then you want to see him play the Bulls. Okay, so obviously, again, you know, the main, the main goal is obviously trying to win a championship in this case. And obviously been one of the main divisions of, of the Celtics, you know, nation this year in this case has been where will this team end up? You know, the criticism of the team, you know, whether it's like, you know, it's right to criticize them, you know, how far are you, you going to expect them to go, yada, yada, yada. Um, obviously, many people feel that staying in the three spot would be the best thing because, again, you get Chicago in round one, it'll be much more easier than facing a team like Brooklyn in round one in this case. Then obviously going to going to the second seed, which of course would mean Brooklyn. <laughs> then you're facing Milwaukee. Then you're facing Miami or Philadelphia in this case. Now, if you end up as the fourth seed in this situation, you're in much more of a of a, of a pickle. Some people because you got to worry about 
what it's going to mean for the issue of who's eligible to play in Toronto. It's a situation where, you know, some people think, now I have kind of told people that Toronto is no pushover. I think you would agree with me on that. Toronto has yes. gone 2-2 two and two against the Celtics this year in the, in the regular season. And then now you're finding out that some of your guys probably won't be eligible to play. That's been one of the major discussions, and we still don't know who will be eligible, who won't be. Obviously, the names that are kind of up in the air right now are Al Horford and Jalen Brown. Of course, there's a few others, like Time Lord could be one of those names in this case, but obviously he won't be around, period, you know, anyways, I should say, because of the injury that he sustained. So if you if you were to face them in the first round, he wouldn't be eligible to play at all. So I want your thoughts because one of the things that has been discussed, you know, throughout this week in this case has been Philadelphia and Toronto, Philadelphia's desperation to get out of that matchup because it seems like Toronto has Philadelphia's number at this point. And so Philadelphia will for sure be coming after the Celtics to make sure they can basically get out of that 4-5 matchup because Toronto seems to have their number. Of course, you know, if I'm correct, they just beat them the other night in this situation, if I'm right in this in this case. But mm-hmm. what do you think at this point about a potential Toronto Raptors and Philadelphia matchup in this situation? Do you think Philadelphia despite the fact they got James Harden in this case, could easily end up being knocked out in the first round if they end up getting Toronto. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's, uh, that's, for, that's foreseeable. Um, Toronto just has t- – Toronto just it's, – it's their coach, actually. He's good at scheming against other teams. Um, if you guys remember when we were in the bubble – and they went to a zone, and Brad Stevenson had no idea how to break the zone, um, and we struggled. Even though we did beat them, but we struggled with that, you know. So he said, so he looked at it like, okay, now that's our game plan from this point on down. When we play Boston, you know, we're going we're gonna to go in the zone with them. So they got to get shooters that can shoot. But <clears throat> they have a really good coach, and the team against teams are really good. And right now, as Philadelphia is 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 drawn up, they don't have any shooters. So if they go zoning them, um, you take away everything that that they need to do. Now, the thing about it is, you got James Harden with them, and we're still waiting for the real James Harden to show up. We don't know when he's going to show up, if he ever shows up. Um, but you don't have the shooters that you need to to compete. I, I get why Philadelphia did what they did because you want to give Embiid the best opportunity to try to win the title this year because he is playing at MVP level. He probably won't get it because everything I heard on sports radio was that they didn't that, um, the ones that can vote like they didn't appreciate him saying that um, everybody hated Philadelphia and you know only thing I what I hear more is everybody hates Boston everybody hates LA. Everybody hates Miami. I don't never hear nobody saying they hate Philadelphia, you know. But he made the comment, and I think that that's how, that that put a sour taste in a lot of 
um, voters' mind. Um, so sometimes you just have to watch what you say when you say it. But I, that would be a good series. But I think that I think Toronto could pull it off because um, the center uh, Siakam he makes Embiid work on offense, and Embiid has I mean on defense. But Embiid works hard on offense, so he's going to get tired out one way or another. Um, I think that'd be a great match. That that would be a great series to watch. Um, and I'm pretty sure if Philadelphia doesn't come out that if Philadelphia losing the first round, um, Doc Rivers will probably be the next coach for the Los Angeles Lakers because I think they're going to let him go. So, meanwhile, you have the playing tournament again, seven eight faces off, and the winner gets the second seed. The 9-10 faces off. The loser is automatically eliminated. Winner faces the loser of 7-8 and gets the number one seed. That is why we still have so much that is still up for grabs at this point because obviously we don't know who's going to end up where, Kevin, at this point. I will say, you know, the NBA thing sets uh this makes it a little bit more enjoyable. I'll admit that it's true. But tomorrow is the last day. We still don't know who's going to face who at this point. So outside of Brooklyn, because many people seem to feel that it's a guarantee Brooklyn's going to get in due to the fact that they got the best, best players out of all four teams, who do you think is going to be the one that joins Brooklyn from the play-in tournament? Is it going to be Charlotte, Cleveland, or um, Atlanta? I I want to say Cleveland. I think Cleveland probably plays the best defense out of those three teams. Um, Atlanta, everybody figure out how how to be Atlanta now. Um, Charlotte, they still got issues, but I think Cleveland will be the team um, that really has nothing to play for. To be honest with you. If, if somebody told you at the beginning of the year that Cleveland Cavaliers would be in the playoffs, you're like, yeah, right, whatever. Okay, sure. All right. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I bet all my play, I bet all my monopoly money on that that they they that they they're gonna make the playoffs, and now they're here. Um, and again, you know, with injuries to the team, they probably would be a higher seed as well. You know, so that's the team that if 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 that's the team if I'm Brooklyn, I probably don't want to see. Because they have nothing to lose because they're not supposed to be here in the first place, as some as some would say. Okay. Meanwhile, Western Conference, we have the Golden uh, Phoenix Suns guaranteed for the one seed. We have the Memphis Grizzlies guaranteed for the two seed. Then you have the Golden State Warriors. And I believe the Dallas Mavericks fighting over the three and four seeds. Who do you think is going to walk away at three, and who do you think is going to walk away at four? Okay, you I, I say that again because you're going in and out on me. That basically we're going to have tomorrow the two teams fighting over the three and four spots. Who do you think out west are going to be three and four? Golden State, in this case, 
or is it going to be, I believe it is the Dallas Mavericks who are fighting with Golden State. So who's going to be third? Who's going to be fourth? I think I think I think um, Dallas becomes three and, and Golden State goes to four. Um, I think go, I think Golden State's at the point where they don't really care where they where they sit at. Um, they feel like they have they feel like they have the best team out west, um, bar none. Um, so I don't even think they really care. Um, but I think the Mavericks need to have that third seed um, guarantees them a home. Home, guarantees them a home court uh, for at least one round. Even though at the four you would get a home court too, but I think the three is better. F- I think the three would be better fit for Dallas than it would be for um, Golden State. And um, and and again, we we're talking about injuries that cause Golden State to be where they're at. You know, so a lot of injuries have have the injury bug has hit almost every team that's in the playoffs right now. You know, so. You know, you, you if you're going to stay, and you know you're going to get Curry back because I think Curry, Curry was not as injured as they want they want to portray him to be. But they're like, okay, we can't get the one seed, we can't get the two seed. So three, four is fine with me. You know, what I'm saying if they get the four seed, they play the five team. I mean, they play the yeah, yeah, four, five, four, yeah, four, five plays each other. You know, so um, independent of who the fifth is, um. I don't know what I don't know what Golden State's record is against the fifth seed team, but I think they have they have a better chance of winning um, the fourth as a fourth seed than the third, in my opinion. Okay. Meanwhile, we have obviously, as I mentioned in the Western Conference, more games that are guaranteed at this point than we do in the Eastern Conference. Heck, at this point, the Eastern Conference doesn't really have anything guaranteed at this point. So in the Western Conference, the play-in tournament has both games guaranteed at this point. Obviously, the first one is the 9-10 matchup, which will feature the San Antonio Spurs and the New Orleans Pelicans. The only thing up for grabs is obviously who's going to host who. So what would you say in regards to that matchup? Is it going to be basically the San Antonio Spurs who walk out, or is it going to be the Pelicans? I think it's going to be the Spurs. I think the Spurs are um, – and I, I give coaching to that team, um, so I think the coaching gets them over the top. Spurs um, are young, a very young team, and I got to give a shout-out to Lonnie Walker, who's from, from uh, Reading, Pennsylvania, right down the street from where I'm at. Um, he's playing really great basketball for San Antonio, so that's who I would I would get to ask San Antonio um, to be to, to win that game, you know. And just just to piggyback off something here, um, I, I I feel I, and maybe the NBA need to tweak this a little bit, but I think I'm looking at the Western Conference and you got the Timberwolves at seven. They're 46 and 35. The eleven games above five hundred. You know what I'm saying? I don't think they should have to have to be in a playing game. You know what I'm saying? The league is tough the league is tough enough. So you if you look at look at them at their they're forty six and thirty five, you look at the East, forty six wins it puts you in puts you at, at, at top of six with us. 
and down in the West, they're at they're at seven. But I think that if the NBA really wants to make this thing exciting, then let the seven seed get in, okay? And let let I mean let yeah, let the seven seed get in, and nine and ten play each other. We'll have to play eight to get in. If only if because like like if you look at if you look at the West right now, you got four games. Um, Clippers are four games above four, uh, the Clippers are uh, five hundred, but the four games in the win and loss column against the against, against the Pelicans. San Antonio is thirty four and forty six. So why not have nine and ten play each other, and then not whoever wins out of the nine and ten plays eight to get into that that last spot. But Minnesota, if Minnesota's like because they're I mean they're, they're two games outside of two games in the loss column, two games in the win column. Outside being number six, who don't have to do a play-in game. I, I think the NBA needs to t- – I, I, I like it, but I think they need to tweak that a little bit because of the situation that you're in. Now, if you look at the East, that's a whole different story because you, everybody's uh, one game. You, you got Brooklyn's 43 and 38, Cleveland's 43 and 38, Atlanta's 42 39, Charlotte's 42 and 39. So they're all right there. So you got to give so – you, so you say, yo, oh, y'all got to play each other, you know. It's a that because it's really tight there. But for the West, I, that, that's the way I feel. I think that should be the case. Well, I will say that you're not the first person to have some criticism for this uh, playing tournament in this situation. You know, heck, it seems like even some of the players, a.k.a. LeBron James, for example, criticize the tournament <laughs> until he absolutely needed it in this situation to get in. And I know that uh, earlier this week it was a incredible moment for our Celtic fans in this situation, the moment LeBron and company ended up being officially eliminated in this case. Give him a, you give, know. Give him a round of applause, everybody. Yeah. I, I, how does it feel, Celtic Nation? Our boys are going to the playoffs, and then the Los Angeles Lakers, are missing the party completely in this situation. They didn't get an, inv- an invitation in this case. Yet your boys, who looked like they were headed for the playing tournament, got one of the top spots in this situation. So they were one of the first four from the Eastern Conference to get it in this situation. You know, so that's technically in this case, they were the second team in the in the uh, Eastern Conference to get the inv- invitation because obviously the only one who clinched the playoff spot ahead of you in the East was the Miami Heat in this case. You know, so obviously that says a lot, especially knowing that the Lakers were one of those teams who had a better chance, supposedly, according to Vegas, to basically get to the uh, NBA Finals or win an NBA championship. And yet, look at where they're at. And they're supposedly loaded with more stars than you are, according to everybody. Of course, they're supposedly, they supposedly got the best player. Well, you know, depending on who you talk to in this situation, LeBron may not be the best player anymore. But still, in this case, it's a good day any day in this situation when you see the Los Angeles Lakers missing the playoffs, and yet your team is basically there. But uh, I will say, Kevin, in this situation, so the Spurs and the Pelicans are one matchup in this, in this case, in the, uh, Eastern, in the Western Conference in this case. The other matchup in, in the Western Conference will feature the Timberwolves and the Clippers. Of course, the Los Angeles Clippers are my brother's team in this in this case, obviously. 
Um, and again, you mentioned obviously the the records in this case and uh, where that would put them in the uh, Western, in the Eastern Conference, Western Conference, and all of that. So, what do you think about uh, that matchup, Timberwolves and Clippers? Who's going to come out again? That matchup, ladies and gentlemen, is set in stone, and the game will take place in Minnesota. So it's also set in stone where it will take place. Unlike the Pelicans uh, and uh, San Antonio Spurs, the Spurs, despite the fact that they are two games behind the Pelicans for the number nine seed, the San Antonio Spurs can still force that game to be in San Antonio if the Pelicans lose both of their remaining games, which is the game they got later today, uh, which is against the – Oh, right. They're actually playing it right now. So that game is on NBA TV. So the Pelicans are down 49-34 to the Memphis Grizzlies in this case. So of course, that's another thing. Tomorrow, the Grizzlies will be playing us on the second night of a back-to-back. So who knows? Maybe the Grizzlies will rest their guys tomorrow night for the season, you know, um, the rest for the ending season. That could basically uh, be another reason why the, why the Bucks. Kevin are basically resting their guys because they figure it's a guarantee we may win if Memphis basically rests all their people in this case. So the Pelicans, if they lose both their games, which is today and tomorrow, and the Spurs win both their games, then the game between them and the Pelicans takes place in San Antonio. But if the Pelicans win at least one of their games or the Spurs lose one of their games, the game will take place in New Orleans. But like I said, when it comes to the Timberwolves and Clippers game, that one is guaranteed to take place in Minnesota. So what would you say about that matchup, Minnesota and Los Angeles? I'm, I'm going for Minnesota. I think they – I think um, – and, and let me get, let me let me make this very clear. Ty Lue has did a wonderful job with the team, not having Kawhi, not having um, Paul George for the majority of the season. Um, he's did a great job with them being at 400, at 500. Um, he is learning how to be a coach um, now, more now than ever before. And I think that come next year, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. But I want to see Minnesota in it. I, I think it it would do well for the confidence of that team. It would do well for them free agency-wise. It would do well for the head coach, and it would do well for that city. Um, because Minnesota was a team, quite frankly, they were talking about moving to another another location. They were talking about them maybe going to Seattle, you know what I'm saying? But now Carnegie Towns got, got them guys, put them guys on his back with D'Angelo Russell, um, and they're playing excellent basketball. Um, I just hope they, you know, I hope they get an opportunity to the, the, the get in the playoffs and see what it feels like to be in the playoffs and some meaningful games at the end of the season because it's been a while since Minnesota has been there. You know, it took them a minute to get there, but they're there now. So they, I want them to celebrate and have fun doing it. So I'm going. I'm going with. I want. I would like to see Minnesota in 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 that win that playoff game. Okay. Meanwhile, uh, we uh, Mark Stein has reported uh, NBA has rescinded Luka Doncic's 16th technical foul from Friday night. <laughs> obviously, yeah. obviously, if uh, that hadn't been done, he would have been facing uh, suspension for the uh, Dallas Mavericks game tomorrow, in this case, if I'm correct, the game tomorrow for them. Uh, and, of course, they uh, 
again, need to win that game tomorrow if they actually want to be able to uh, have a chance to actually take the um, three seed from Golden State. Um, but uh, literally, that's a blessing for them in this situation because I don't think Dallas. I don't think anybody really thinks Dallas has a chance of uh, really having a chance of winning that game tomorrow. Which, of course, uh, they'll play San Antonio, knowing that San Antonio is desperate at this point without him in this case. So rescinding it in this situation means he will be eligible to play at this point. Um, but again. So we uh, have that information with the um, with the Milwaukee Bucks. I want to go now, Kevin, to a break in this situation, an audio break, as we didn't have one in the first hour in this case. So I want people to hear a little bit of what was being said, obviously, throughout the week. I do have uh, Brad Stevens in this case doing an interview with Tucker and Rich in this case. So I want everybody to hear. So it's about 21 minutes, but he does have an update on uh, Time Lord throughout this uh, interview as well for anybody who didn't get to hear, again, this interview throughout the week. So, again, Time Lord is being rumored to come back for round two if you make it in this situation. But let everybody hear this. So we will be back with you after the audio break in this case. So here's Brad Stevens on Toucher and Rich from just yesterday. Smart, down the right side, leans into Giannis, scoops it up and in. One of the foul call didn't get it, but it doesn't matter. There's a ton of value in that for them. You know, tight, tough situations. You know, we saw that in the Toronto game as well. Some guys out there uh, in a tight ball game. Experience going forward for the playoffs. This is what you're going to see. Score a little bit better, defend a little bit better. But regardless who's playing, that's what I'm looking for, that effort. And you know, these guys will have that experience going forward in the playoffs. Indeed, a good effort last night against Milwaukee. Short, you know, a couple starters and uh, played well. And maybe by losing, didn't put themselves in the worst position on the planet. Uh, Brad Stevens is the Celtics president of basketball operations. He joins us on the Volkswagen Dealers Expert Hotline. Mr. Stevens, hello, sir. Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Where are you at? I am uh, in the Midwest. Okay. Are you at like an airport or something? Uh no. I'm in a I'm in a lobby. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, you're in a lobby in the Midwest. I, I, can you just hear can you hear things? Like are you like Yeah, because like, can I'll, you tell? Okay, cuz I'll give you the, I'll give you an example. You Is the, that you hear the nice music in the background? Yes, it's very <laughs> soothing. I thank you for that. It's got me yeah. cuz I'll give you an example is is that you always when you're interviewing someone on the phone have to be in tune with where they are because there was the day Danny was playing golf. <laughs> so uh, I didn't, you know, there's always a chance. Like, I didn't know if you were, like, in a, like, Scrabble tournament or something. Yeah. You never know. Danny actually put the phone down to hit an approach on eight while he was talking with us, Brad. So, yeah, I would guess he just played through, right? Yeah. He probably did that a lot more than you knew. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's why a keen observer has to ask where you are. Uh, so, um, the, you know, I have a question for you. Were you surprised uh, Milwaukee uh, played everyone last night? That that Milwaukee, uh, no. you know, used their personnel the way they did. No, no. I mean, if if we wouldn't have been on the second night of a back to back, and Corford and Tatum weren't sore and dealing with what they're dealing with, which are you know not you know obviously season altering, but certainly 
you know, a lot of little things and then we would have played them too. Like, no, that was just like, I, I understand when people are um, looking at the standings and looking at all that stuff. But for us, and I'm sure for them, you want to be, you want to be as healthy as you can, but you want to be playing as well as you can. And I thought our guys played really hard and well, but, um, you know, we had our chances to win that game. You know, I thought I was, I was encouraged by, um, some of the guys, um, that, that don't get to play as much in their contributions, but the guys that do play a lot are really good players that we had on the court. And, you know, we, um, we played hard. We just came up a little bit short. I know it's kind of one of those, you know, uh, things that isn't really spoken of much, but when you watch this period of time right before the playoffs where there's moving around for seating, um, how much, how many, how often do you notice manipulating of starting lineups and game plans to get a more favorable matchup? Not very often, guys. I'm telling you, like, from, from my standpoint, and this is, I'm a big believer in, like, the game and, and doing right by the game and, this was made very clear, and, and as well as Emei and everybody else around us, like we we need to make sure number one, we're as healthy and fresh as possible, and taking into account, you know, you know, Tatum's load that he's carried and his his knee soreness that he's had, and we've done that with each of our last few back to backs, and and obviously Horford, and we also always take into account the other guys that are playing huge minutes. You know, with with Rob's situation um, and with Al, um, you know, dealing with the, a little bit of back soreness and the fact that he's, um, you know, he's been so valuable to us. Like, we have to be really smart about getting through the playoffs healthy, and that is number one. And so I think a lot of people talk about that, but I also think it's more about health. I would say 95% of the time. Um, and I'd say that's pretty, pretty consistent across the league. I mean, all of us, you know, to win, to win anything significant, it doesn't matter who you play because you got to beat them all. Like you got to like, you got to be the best team, the last team left standing. You're going to, nothing is going to be easy. There's not a, a matchup that is, you know, quote favorable because the other team's got really good players and they've accomplished a lot throughout the course of the season. Speaking so of, at the end of the day, you got to be your best and you got to be healthy. And it's and it's it's you know it's it's wild too because you've almost had this. And I don't want to say it's ever fortunate when anyone gets hurt, but what you've been able to see over these last couple of weeks is what life might be like in the first round without Robert Williams. You've been able to kind of experiment and move things. How happy have you been with what Emay's been able to, uh, I guess, substitute Robert Williams with? Um, yeah, it's only been 10 days. Um, and I think, you know, and we've had two back-to-backs in that time, and we've had, you know, a, a, a pretty consistent schedule. Um, and so, you know, the good news is, is we've got these, you know, two days before we play Memphis and then, you know, a full – six to seven, depending on how the schedule plays itself out uh, before. But uh, listen, we're, if, as long as we are, as long as, again, we can stay healthy um, outside of Rob, then we have got, we've got a lot of answers, you know. And so, like, we've got a lot of things that, that the coaching staff has done a good job of. Um, you know, he's, we've tried to start Grant now together against certain matchups. You know, you can always slide Tyson and Rob Spot as a, as a starter or bring him off the bench behind Al, however you want to do it. But the key is having Al available. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I think, yeah. I think at the end of the day, at the end of the day, guys, I think the guy that nobody is talking about, rightfully so, like we've got really good young players and they're exciting and they do a lot of good stuff, but Horford's been awfully good this year and he's kind of the, you know, in, in a lot of ways, he's the great connector for us. And he's the guy that, you know, you can play next to a traditional big or you can play as the five. And so it just gives you so many options. Um, but, you know, I think Eme and the staff have done a great job throughout this whole year um, and certainly this stretch without Rob. But you miss Rob at the rim protecting. I mean, you see that. The points in the paint over the last few weeks have been obviously concerning, but you knew a lot. some of that was going to happen. We've made up for that in a few games with our offense because our offense has been, you know, if you have Pice out there and, and now you've got five guys that can shoot threes and you can roll Tice. He, he can't catch the ball as high as Rob can catch it, but he can do some things. And so you, you have some answers, too, that, you know, can allow you to be a little bit different, um, maybe not as good at some things and, you know, maybe unique at others. Well, pat yourself on the back for the Al Horford thing. I mean, that was your move. And as a matter of fact, I've, you know, at the end of the year, everyone's talking about awards and things like that. I mean, that's one of the things that's brought up when people are talking about executive of the year. Your name has been mentioned a few times. And it's, it's amazing how Al Horford is one of the first things that people say. Because, you know, listen, a lot of, you know, people, and it's just fans from the outside looking in, saw the way things were in, with the Sixers, saw the way things were with Oklahoma City. And they kind of wrote him off. They thought he had, would have asked his prime, but the fact that you made, you know, you you took this chance of bringing him back in, and it's paid off this way. This is even has to surprise you how well he's been playing, correct? Um, I, I thought that he would be a good fit with us. You never know how it's going to go. I mean, he's played, you know, um, really well. He's been very available. Um, he. But he was a guy, if you spend every day around him, guys, I think that you know he's going to, like, he's 35 going on 25. He is, you know, the one of the most mature guys I've been around. You know, when he was 22 years old, he, he spent part of his first paycheck on a chef. Like, he, he's always been a guy that was going to age well. And, you know, you talk about some of the guys in the league that have been all-stars and have figured out how to, you know, stay at this super high level. I think Chris Paul's been the guy that people probably point to the most. But, sure. Um, but I think that you certainly see a lot of the same things with Al. Al knows how to navigate a season. Al knows how to, he doesn't ride the wave. Um, he's got great patience with our younger players. I think it's his greatest leadership trait is his patience. And he, um, he's just a good player. And so I'm not surprised that he is I think if you watched the 28 games last year, 30 games or whatever it was, he played in Oklahoma City. He looked a lot more like the guy here than he did in that one year in Philly. All right, so you mentioned Horford, you know, when the first thing he did was get a chef, and you're not surprised about how he is at 35. Are there any players that you're aware of in the NBA that are like, remember Harrison from the Steelers? He, like, slept in, like, a... Like a or hyperbaric like, chamber, hyperbaric chamber, yeah. and all the acupuncture. Like after every, like yeah, I mean, you did, he went to extremes. Are there dudes in the league that are like doing stuff that you're like, oh my god, what is this? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Like I don't know of any of our guys that are doing that. Um, I think that you know people talk about how much money guys spend on their body a year, and people talk about diets. And um, I think uh, I heard a great line, um, Coach. Steve Clifford, who used to 
um, coached the Hornets and the Magic, um, has become a good friend. And he, he, he had a great line. I don't remember if I heard it on a podcast or if he was telling me this, but he said, the best players have a plan every day. And I think that that's true. And when you see Al come in, Al doesn't come in like, hey, what should I do today? It's, hey, I'm going to come in. I'm going to get my physical therapy. I'm going to do my massage. I'm going to make sure that I am um, activating all of the things that need to be activated muscle-wise. I'm going to do my lift to, for injury prevention. I'm going to make sure I do all of this stuff that, you know, a 22-year-old walking in, you know, that just has never been through anything like this, especially the how arduous the 82-game season is, you know, if they don't pay attention, they're, it's not very smart because if you pay attention, you can probably extend your career and, and learn a lot from guys like that. But I don't know what everybody's plans are, like you've mentioned, but I know the best players have a plan every day. And I think it's one of the great separators of Tatum at that age. Like, ever since he was here, he's known what to do every day. Yeah, because I was reading that like kids are playing too much basketball and then when they're one and done and then they get to the NBA and they're getting hurt because because they you know didn't have the resources to treat to you know treat their body the way that it needed to be treated do you agree with that do you think that people are playing too much at a youth level and you know it's kind of sometimes damaged goods by the time they get to the NBA well there's no study that would suggest playing Eight games in a weekend is good. Right. right. There's no, there's nothing, there's no, there's no like study that says the same pounding on the same joints in the same like manner, um, as your only activity is good. And that said, you know, I'm a parent who's got two kids and one of them loves basketball and he just plays basketball, <laughs> you know, yeah. and the other one, and the other one loves soccer and, you know, she, she dabbles in basketball and dabbles in track, but she is just, Mostly soccer. And so, uh, easier said than done. You're I part of the problem, this, man. I, I can give this, I can give this great parenting advice that I'm not followed, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> All right. So, do what, do what Brad, do what Brad does and just let him, uh, and let him have at it. All right. Uh, well, we, we I do want to ask about Rob Williams because everything we've been hearing yeah. about Rob has been positive. And as a matter of fact, Ime Udoka, you know, he, uh, I, boy, I think it was two days ago made a comment that almost seemed to insinuate that there is a chance, a chance that he might be available if for some reason the round one goes long, maybe possibly at the end of it. What is the latest? What are you hearing as far as his availability? You know, I texted him this this morning and I have not heard back. He's doing his treatments and stuff right now. So, but everything that up to today has just been progress. Yeah just making really good progress. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this the other day, but, I mean, I think he was two or three days out from surgery and he's on the leg extension machine, like, you know, obviously super light. And, but but I just think it's, you know, and he's walking around like he had nothing. So I just think that um, I'm not surprised that he is progressing and, and feels good and all of that every day. But we're, we're very much going to be – He's not going to be on the court until we feel 100% confident and he feels 100% confident that he is ready to play at a really good level. Now, he may not, you know, he may have to come back whenever he comes back and play, you know, a, a more of a restricted role as far as minutes go. But um, 
there is a there is obviously the, the challenges and the task at hand, and he's like doing everything he can to get back for whenever he can get back. And but there's also the fact that this guy's got a contract that's four years beyond this, and is a huge, huge part of our future. And so we, I, you know, we're going to be we're going to be smart about it. But it does feel like he's, um, you know, he'll be back on the court in a in a, in a you know. In a fairly short amount of time, when you consider um, what it could have been when he first had the injury, you know what I think is most impressive so far about this season, and, and, and I, you saw it last night, is that this the, the newfound confidence that the team has this season. It, it's you've never seen it more than the willingness for these guys to get in the paint. And, I mean, you've seen it with Jason Tatum so much this year, but last night, the way you had guys like Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown showing no fear taking it to a guy like Giannis. Have you noticed that a significant difference this year in the confidence for these guys to get physical down underneath the basket and especially up against big guys, physical players such as Giannis? Well, with those two, I've never would describe them as having any fear. I mean, those two guys are fearless and have been fearless from day one. So, like, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. It, they played against Giannis a million times. More yeah, Tatum. I, I think Tatum's the guy times. that I think I've noticed it the most. Just last night it was so apparent because they kept going at it, which obviously is something that is, yeah. you know, is, is a great sign for this team. I think, yeah, I think, I think there's some of that, but, but there's a difference between playing fearless and just throwing your body in there and then playing like, you know, really good basketball and getting in there and then making the right play. I thought the, best part of last night was Jalen had seven assists and you know at the end of the first half or early third quarter and was doing a good job of getting it in the paint and spraying it out listen last night when you're smaller against Milwaukee you know they're going to have problems defending the paint but um so you've got to make up for it with driving kicks on the other end you got to score a little bit and so he did a good job of reading the defense Milwaukee is unbelievable at protecting the paint and protecting the rim, and we got ourselves caught at the rim a few times with some attacks, you know, where we tried to shoot over their, you know, Lopez or Giannis. The thing that I'm most encouraged by about our team and just the, I guess the mentality um, would be the right way to phrase it, is all the best teams that I've ever been a part of, and certainly the, the championship teams that you watch across any sport, we don't skip much of a beat when guys are missing. And, you know, earlier in the year, yes, we had a ton of injuries. Yes, we weren't full, but we are so inconsistent. And we just, you know, and, and it wasn't necessarily inconsistent in, in shooting or, um, you know, defensive assignments or whatever it would be. It's just inconsistent in how, you know, well, we're going to give ourselves a chance. And, and, man, in the last, you know, 50 games or 45 games, obviously we, we started this streak with a good deal of health and being able to kind of ride that and build some confidence and build some belief and, you know, build a, a, an appropriate level of, um, you know, kind of swagger on the defensive end. But then, you know, the true sign would be, would it carry over when guys are missing? And, you know, we, we didn't get over the hump last night. You know, we did not win that game. We didn't win the Toronto game. We gave ourselves a chance in both. But, you know, we're not in the business of giving ourselves a chance. You know, we've got to just keep getting to the point where no matter who's available, we can get over the hump. And, you know, I, I really appreciate the guy's mindset in that regard. You know, the Sam Housers of the world. and Oh, yeah. 
you know, and and Peyton and you know, uh, and Lee Smith had a huge game in Toronto. Struggled a little bit last night, but like we need all those guys ready because you never know when you're going to have to buy ten to fifteen minutes in a game five. That you know, your ten to fifteen minutes are going to be the difference in the game. You know, winning, winning or losing the game. So all those guys have got to be ready, and I think all those guys are very capable. Well, there's a there's an ass load of Housers. I mean, there's Joey Housers sitting out there. There's a kid that's going to play quarterback for Michigan State. He's a Hauser. There's Housers everywhere you turn. So you'll never be short on them, Mr. Stevens. <laughs> He's a good player. Sam's going to be good. We we're excited about him. You know, the the shot making. Um, is real, and you know the shots that he got in the G League this year were not easy ones. You know he he's got a good way about moving without the ball. He's got a, he he finds his little areas to get his shot off. But if he doesn't have a shot, he quickly moves the ball. And I think you know anytime we we played against one of those great shooters running off screens or whatever the case may be, I think that's one of the keys is is if you over help, they just quickly pass it and. His reads to do that are um, pretty good. I think he's going to be a good player when it's all said and done, and he really has helped us um, in a couple of these games. Is that Journey or Adele in the background? <laughs> oh, can you really hear it? Oh, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I've been trying to figure it's out what's like going on. It's not like overwhelming. I'm <laughs> betting it's Journey. It sounds like Journey. No, it's definitely not Journey. Uh, you guys must have your own music piped in. Uh, yeah, I mean, we do. We like to keep it rock and roll. It sounds as if the Peanuts teacher is singing. Uh, we can't quite tell. It's somewhat muffled. It's but... the furthest thing from Journey. It might. It's not Adele either. I mean, it's just, you know, I don't know what it is. All right. Neither of those. You're 0 for 2. Okay. Right. Well, uh, Brad, you'll be proud to know I took nine. Uh, I took nine adolescent boys to the game last Friday and survived. And you oh, yeah? Won. How was that? Yeah, but you didn't sit with them. No, I didn't. Sit with them. <laughs> no, I didn't sit with. Like, them. Did you just? Did you? When you said you took them, does that mean you bought them tickets and got them an Uber? I <laughs> well, no, I, I bought them tickets. I got a bus, got them into the game, showed them where the seats were, and at the end of the game, I'm friends with Gorman, so I got Mike got them on the floor, not without taking a, a lot of abuse from the ushers, but I did get them down to the floor, so it was a success. So thank you for winning that yeah. game. You're, you are you are um, your friends with the right guy. He can help. He can help get you anywhere. Yeah, you just got to be able to take the slings and arrows on the way down. Right. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. You guys. It's pretty cool. You guys got a bus. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know, man. There's nine of those kids. I don't know what to do. It costs so much money, <laughs> just so much money. But but it's over now. I'm glad they had. A, I'm glad they had a good time. Yeah, they did. All right, Brad. Uh, right. Thanks so much for the time. Uh, safe travels. We'll talk to you soon. See you guys. All right, see you. Okay, so we're back. I will bring in my again my co-host Kevin, and we also have our buddy Lou with us uh, for the rest Thanks. of the show. Lou, hey buddy. So again, ladies and gentlemen, we are continuing our discussion of uh, the NBA playoffs. At least what we are looking at for the um, matchups. What we uh, have today in terms of the games uh, for, the, for the rest of the night and tomorrow, what it means for the playoff uh, matchups. So, again, you guys, we are looking at the Western Conference. Again, the Suns are scheduled to be the number one seed. Grizzlies mm-hmm. are scheduled to be the number two seed. 
the Warriors and the Mavericks are the two teams fighting for the three and four spots at this point. The Golden State Warriors have a magic number of two in this case, meaning in this in this case they got two games left in this in this situation. Of course, uh, the Warriors will play the San Antonio Spurs at 8.30 p.m. Eastern tonight on NBA TV. And then they play tomorrow at the New Orleans Pelicans, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on TNT, so right after our game against the Memphis Grizzlies. So all the Warriors have to do is win both those games, and they will end up taking the three seed in this case. Now, for the Mavericks to end up taking that spot, they, in this case, would end up needing some help as they would need to end up winning their game against the San Antonio Spurs tomorrow, which is, of course, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time, and would need the Warriors to lose one of those two games that I just mentioned, so either tomorrow against New Orleans or tonight against San Antonio in order to get it as the Dallas Mavericks, in this case, have the tiebreaker against the Warriors. So obviously that would be their way of guaranteeing that they end up in a tie at that point. So a win tomorrow for them and a loss by the Warriors tonight or tomorrow guarantees the tie in order for them to be the three seed and the Warriors fall down to the four seed. In this case, the Warriors either win the next two games or win one of them and have the Mavericks lose tomorrow guarantees that they're the third seed and the Mavericks are the fourth seed. Uh, Now, the Jazz and the Nuggets are fighting for the five seed and the sixth seed in this case. And in order for the um, Jazz to get it, they have a magic number of one in this case, which means all they got to do is win their game tomorrow night, which is against the Portland Trailblazers, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time or have the Denver Nuggets lose their game to the Lakers tomorrow night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time, in order to get it. For the Nuggets to get it, they would end up needing to win that game against the Lakers tomorrow and have the Jazz lose to the Trailblazers in order for them to be the five seed and for the Jazz to fall down to the six seed. So that is basically the scenarios for the five-six matchup in this case. And obviously... Those, whoever's the third seed gets the sixth seed, whoever's the fourth seed gets the five seed, which is why we do not, do not have, obviously, any of the matchups determined right now between those four teams. But you know it's going to be some combination at this point. Either Golden yep. State's going to face the Jazz or Golden State's going to face the Denver Nuggets. Dallas is going to face either the Jazz or Dallas is going to face the Denver Nuggets. It's going to be basically some combination of those um, four matchups in this situation. And again, down in the bottom, we already basically determined it in this situation. The Timberwolves face the Clippers, Pelicans face the Spurs, as I mentioned earlier to you guys in this case. So obviously I already got Kevin's opinion in this situation. So a little before we get back to the Eastern Conference, what is your thoughts? Pelicans are going to face the Spurs in the 9-10 matchup. It's just a question of whether it's going to be in New Orleans or in San Antonio at this point. So who do you think is going to come out of that matchup in the 9-10, Pelicans or Spurs? You know, really, I was, you know, I've been debating this because you know the Pelicans you know, have seen one coming on strong in recent weeks, and uh, I 
do think I see a slight advantage um, with the with the Pelicans uh, winning this, even without Lonzo Ball. Spurs, okay, you know, Spurs, Spurs, you know, it's a little shaky. So I'm I'm gonna have to go with the Pelicans here. Spurs are not what they used to be. Okay, and then of course the Timberwolves will host the Los Angeles Clippers in this case in the seven eight matchup. So obviously that will be the seven eight matchup, Timberwolves hosting Clippers. So who do you have in that matchup? Well, you know, the Clippers have always found a way to choke in recent years and I don't think this will be any exception. So I'm gonna take the Wolves on here. For argument's sake, because I, I do feel I do feel a chill coming on with the Clippers again. Okay, and uh, again, uh, seven eight winner faces the Timberwolves in this situation. Will face the Grizzlies in this case in the first round. So obviously, uh, Grizzlies are likely going to face either the Timberwolves or the Clippers in round one in this case. So the Phoenix Suns obviously will be able to face any one of those four teams in the playing play tournament, but the Grizzlies know that they will face one of two teams, either the Timberwolves or the Clippers at this point. So now getting back to our Eastern Conference at this point, uh, again, Lou, I don't know if, uh, again, uh, you've been uh, following Twitter or if you've been in our Weebly Green group or listening to the show at the beginning, but uh, again, the news that came out right at the start of the show is that uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, put out their injury injury report for their game tomorrow against the Cleveland Cavaliers, which that game is at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. So it's before the Celtics take on the Memphis Grizzlies and, of course, before the the 76ers take on the Detroit Pistons in this case. And basically all of the um, the Milwaukee Bucks' best players are now put on on the injury report and are likely not to play tomorrow. Grayson Allen is out with left hip soreness. George Hill mm-hmm. is out with a right abdominal strain. Luca Mendoza is out, and now they're putting it as coach's decision, supposedly. And then doubtful are Giannis Antetokounmpo, Brooke Lopez, Chris, Middle- Chris Middleton, and Bobby Portis. So pretty much you got seven guys now on the injury report in this, in this situation. It seems like every couple minutes I end up looking that report is getting bigger at this point in this case I might just have to die something tells me at this point we're going to basically look and the whole team's going to be on the injury report and we're going to be guaranteed to get the G League bucks at this point for tomorrow you have a massive mass unit <laughs> exactly so literally the Celtics as I mentioned earlier to Kevin um, Lou are in a pretty tough spot and the Bucks know it in this situation because obviously we are in a case where many people have been saying they may not want to face the Toronto Raptors because Mm -hmm. the Celtics did not confirm publicly that the team is 100% vaccinated vaccinated in this case, yes. So we do not know who will be eligible to play out of all the players who missed the last game against the Toronto Raptors. Obviously, you know, for any of you people who basically may be wondering what what the heck we're talking about or maybe trying to say basically, well, the players actually, you know, confirmed this already. I don't know why you're making this a big deal. 
you know, obviously Time Lord missed the game the last time around against Toronto because he was already injured at that point. Al Horford missed the game as well. Jalen Brown missed the game, and I do believe there was one more guy in this case that missed it, but obviously he was one of the guys that's toward the end of the bench, and so you're not really going to stress, you know, one of those guys. Really, it's Time Lord, Horford, and Brown that were the three main players in this case that are the real ones you got to stress at this point. Obviously, everybody's been waiting for those guys to come out, specifically Horford and Brown, because obviously – it's not likely you're going to face Toronto in round two if you manage to avoid them in round one, you know? So if you face them in round one, you want to get, you want to get on record those guys coming out publicly or the team coming out publicly and saying, we are 100% vaccinated at this point so that, you know, it's a guarantee Mm -hmm. all your guys who are going to play are, are on your team that are the key players will be eligible to play. The Milwaukee Bucks came out and made it public. Our guys are 100% vaccinated, all of them, so everyone will be eligible to play if we get Toronto in round one. The Miami Heat came out and did it and made sure everybody that was from the public knew that if they got Toronto in round one, because it was obviously um, a possibility at that time that that all their best players were going to be eligible to play. The only two teams who were not willing to do it at that time and still haven't done it at this point are the Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics in this case. Now, obviously, when you look at the schedules in this case, as I was uh, saying to uh, Kevin earlier, the Philadelphia 76ers just took on, as I did say just a little while ago, the Toronto Raptors on April 7th, so just two days ago, and they lost that game 119-114 up in Toronto. Because, again, obviously it's only the games on the road in Toronto that would be in question when it comes to this issue of who's vaccinated and who isn't in this case. And when you look at the players who did get to play for the you know um, Philadelphia 76ers, you did have, at least in this case, the players that were crit- the players that are critical at this point is who I'm referring to. You did have Joel Embiid who was able to play. Harris was able to play. James Harden was able to play in this case. Um, you was able to have Danny Green play in that game. Tyrese Maxey was able to play. Um, Georges Dion played. Paul Reed played. Shake Milton. Fork and Cork Moss played. Paul Millsap didn't play coach's decision, but he was eligible to go into the country. DeAndre yeah. Jordan was there. Isaiah Joe and Charlie Brown um, Jr. All were eligible to play in that game. But when you compare that the, the box score for that game compared to the game today when they took on the, um, um, the Indiana Pacers in, in Philadelphia – you can see in this situation that um, obviously you might have some players missing that will be critical guys in this situation. Like, for example, um, um, Seibel um, didn't get to play in that game. Um, 
if I'm correct in this situation, you ended up having, um, I believe it was one big name that didn't get to go in this situation that everybody was mentioning afterwards. I forget exactly who was the big name in this situation, but the the 76ers basically getting you know to the point. The 76ers have just as much of a reason to want to avoid Toronto as the Celtics might at this point because of the fact that the Celtics yeah. were not willing to come out publicly and say we're 100% vaccinated. The, Al Horford and Brown have come out since and you know have basically said in this situation we will be ready to play when the time comes if we have to basically face Toronto. But that's still not technically saying we are fully vaccinated. A lot of people have, a lot of people, including including me, seem to feel that that's kind of saying, okay, if we gotta face Toronto, we'll make sure we get our vaccination, so like that, we have the paperwork necessary to go up to Canada and play play up there because as long as you got the paperwork that proves you got basically your shots, you are eligible to go up there in this situation. That's at least how it's how how it has mm-hmm. sounded at this point. That you can't be stopped so long as you got the paperwork that proves you have basically been vaccinated. But at this point, the fact that neither they nor the team has been willing to say, yes, they are or I am fully vaccinated, has everybody questioning the two of them. And I think yeah. this, you guys, I want your opinion. How do you think this makes the two of them look, knowing what we have seen all season long when it comes to the criticism dealt to Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn? Obviously, we all know the story with him and how New York basically made him miss a ton of games for the Brooklyn Nets with the rules out there that basically the home players weren't allowed to play because of the fact that obviously, you know, um, anybody who wasn't vaccinated couldn't allow, wouldn't be allowed basically to be um, allowed to go. What would have happened if things would have been different? I, I want your opinion. I, I want fans, you know, this seems, seems to be a situation with some of our fans that they're willing to overlook the, the situation. What would have happened if the situation would have been totally different and let's say Brown and Horford aren't vaccinated and the rules would have been totally the same for us that it was in New York? Right. How would the fans feel about Brown and Horford at this point if they were willing to basically, let's say, risk the season for us, like some people are saying Kyrie Irving is willing or was willing to risk the season for Brooklyn not to basically have the vaccination? Yeah, well, I think if, you know, Kyrie been vaccinated sooner, I mean, then that's a thing out there. You know, I mean, the start of the game, you know, being vaccinated, unvaccinated. I mean, it's, it's always been it's been a tricky question, like you know, because some people have been complaining of like you know, oh, about well, we don't trust this vaccine and whatnot. So I don't even know if I want to play. So you know, it's been it's been very highly controversial, you know, throughout the season of wanting to play. But at the same time, I don't think there's two sets of rules um, uh, for the for the leagues, you know, to play in only uh, certain areas like. If you're away, you can play. If you're vaccinated or not, but if you're at home, you can't play because you're not vaccinated. The whole the whole thing, you know, is has gone out of hand. But that you know, either you have him play, 
will not play the whole season. Back then, uh, I mean, because that, that really just really just messed up. It really just messed up a lot of players and you know a lot of teams in general. I mean, before the Nets, you know, the Nets had you know a 27-12 record, and then the whole thing with uh, them getting them out of sorts with their situation. So it's, it's really caused a lot of havoc, you know, uh, in the NBA this season with vaccinated versus unvaccinated. How about you, Kevin? Do you okay. Think um, gonna, will, that, will that make them look bad if it gets revealed that they it, it, aren't it, vaccinated? It definitely would make them look bad, um, and that's why they said it is a personal issue. But now, just think about this, though. If Kyrie wasn't vaccinated, he couldn't play in Brooklyn, right? So if other players are not vaccinated, were they allowed to play in Brooklyn? That was the rule. That is, you know, basically the home players couldn't play, but the visiting players were. Okay. All right. So that 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 eliminates that Brown and Al and Al Al and I read two articles today that Al said that he's good to go. You know, he's ready to play if he has to go to Brooklyn. But if it comes out and for and and for the for the Sixers, it's Thibault who's not vaccinated. He's the only one on the team that's not vaccinated, so he wouldn't be able to play. But I think that um, the fans, as, as hard as they got on Kyrie about it, they, they, should get on, they should get on Brown as well. Because, again, um, if Kyrie, Kyrie has his personal reasons and Brown has his personal reasons, but if you jeopardize your season for that, then you need to get on them. It's simple as that. that it, it just, mm-hmm. That's just the facts. There shouldn't be no. Should, they shouldn't. They should throw as much shade at Brown as they should at Kyrie. Um, and only why Kyrie's came out because of being in New York, you know, saying and not being to play at home games, but he can play away games, you know. So um, yeah, all of them, all of them should get get some shade thrown on thrown on them if they didn't get vaccinated. I'm, and again, it's a personal preference, you know, to get it or not to get it. But at the same token, though. If you're if you're a professional athlete, your job is to your job is to be on the court at all times unless you're hurt. Then you mm-hmm. should do what needs to be done to get on the court, because at the end of the day, that's your job. You know, and and I don't want to I don't want to compare it to to our to a normal job between us, because we got to go out and make ends meet. Where them guys ain't trying to make no ends meet. They don't they don't have to worry about paycheck to paycheck like we do. So you know, some of us that work in jobs where they say they, it was mandatory to get the, to get the to get the shot, you had to get it, you know, to keep your job, or you didn't, or or you didn't get, you know, you didn't get paid. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, a, a lot of average people, live paycheck to paycheck. So there's a different that's a different scenario for a normal person compared to a basketball player who gets paid every Tuesday and he gets a, a big chunk of money. That he probably don't even look at, or don't even touch. It just sits in the bank and cruise interest. And during the, during the holidays, he may go grab some, or um, go on vacation, he may go grab some. Where we're not, we're not privy like that at all to be living that living that type of lifestyle. So the finances is not even an issue at that point for these players. Um, and I think if you're if you really believe in 
winning a championship, you're not going to let nothing come stand in your way. You know, and, and Kyrie and Jalen and Thibel, um they have their reasons. And in my personal opinion, um, I got to stop because of my mother. You know, I wanted to go see my mother. I didn't want to. I didn't want to catch. I didn't want to get the COVID and give it to my mother because she was up in age. You know, that was one of my main reasons. Excuse me of getting it, but also I spent 27 years in the military, and I and, and man, there was at one point I I know I got at least 15 shots one day. I ain't know what they was for, but they told me if you go to this country, mm. go to that country, you need to be you need to you need to be vaccinated for malaria or typhoid or whatever the case may be. You know, we trusted them to believe in them to, to, to give us shots. You know, and and the funny part about it for me is I got them when I first went in, but then when I got over 20 years, they had to re-give it to me again because they said that, 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 they said that the vaccine wore out after 20 years. So I was in for 27, so I had to get the shots all over again, you know. So um, I understand, but I don't agree. Um, and it comes out that they not vaccinated. Yeah, they should get the criticism just as well as Kyrie did. You know what I'm saying? Because again, you're looking at a special season for the Celtics, the Sixers, and even Brooklyn. You know, you got the Sixers and the Celtics that that could contend for an NBA NBA title this year, and you don't know what next year going to hold for those teams. You know, and 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 you don't need, you still don't know if Toronto is going to say, okay, next year we ain't got to worry about the vaccine. Um, and and to be perfectly honest with you, I don't think it's ever going to change for for Canada. I think Canada is going to be that way because they've had the less COVID cases in any in in, in any country in in the world. So they must be doing something right, you know. So I don't I don't see that changing at all. So um, and and I can't and I can't remember how many games that Boston played against Toronto um, this year. I don't know if it was three. We, were, we, we, played, we, played four, we played four games against Toronto, went two and two against them. However, we got to play only one time since the restrictions were put into play where if you were unvaccinated, you couldn't enter the country. And that was the very last game in this case that we played where Brown and Horford were not allowed, where we're not able to play the game in this case alongside obviously Time Lord. But obviously he was injured, so you really don't know if he would have been able to play or not due to the, va- right. the vaccine status. And, of course, we'd lost that game. Right, 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 right. So, I mean, it's it, – it, 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 and, and the thing about it is I think you're dealing with you, – you're messing with your legacy at this point in time as well. Because if you if you get a title – and you know how important titles is to the Celtics. If Brown and Tatum and the rest of these guys get a title, they can look at they can look at Paul Pierce and say, "Oh, we got one. He's under twenty four years old. You know how many more we gonna get now? Throw that in his face. So that puts them in the legacy. That puts them maybe put getting their shirts in the rafter because they got a title. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot that goes along mm-hmm. with them winning a title, um, and not winning a title because they don't want to be vaccinated. So that's um, my of story, course, and I'm sticking to it. Well, I agree. I agree with you 100. percent I know the. I understand the reasoning, of course, 
you know, because your reasoning for getting the vaccination was a, was a lot similar to mine. Obviously, I got uh, mine for obviously the reason that you know with my father's situation, and uh, obviously I couldn't risk giving it to him while I'm out doing what I do, basically, uh, with my uh, situations in this case. But literally, ladies and gentlemen, I know there's probably some of you that basically don't want to be hearing this type of stuff in this case with us basically possibly criticizing the team and players when it comes to their decision not to get vaccinated. But I would say, literally, you had a full season, basically. I would say, what would have happened if these vaccine? let's say if the New York restrictions would have been different? What would have happened if New York would have put the restrictions to be fair? Because as much as I hate the New York sports teams, as a one, as a pure Bostonian sports fan, you know, I trust me, I, I say it all the time. I may have been born in Brooklyn, but I am Boston all the way in this situation, ladies and gentlemen, in this case. So anything that basically can make the New York teams lose, I am all for it in this for it in this case. But even I got to admit that the rules that the people in New York, their, you know, their government out there, their leaders put that basically made it where only the New York teams could basically be screwed with their players who were unvaccinated, weren't allowed to, to compete. Mm-hmm. But the ones from outside the state could basically have their players play was completely unfair. What would have happened if guys like Brown, Horford, and all these other players across the league who were unvaccinated would have been forced to sit games every time you went to Madison Square Garden and Barclays Center throughout the season? Would it, would it have been that you would have won three out of four times against the Brooklyn Nets? Maybe you end up losing three out of four mm-hmm. to the Brooklyn Nets for all you know. Yep. There's no way of knowing in this yes. situation at this point. Who knows what the situation would have been with you and the New York Knicks in this case all season long, you know, being yeah. the situation up in Toronto at this point. What what would have happened if the, if the restrictions would have been like that from the start of the season, you know, instead of them waiting all the way towards three-quarters of the way through the season for the restrictions to be put into place, you know. This are questions where I would say to fans, you know, why is it that, because obviously, you know, Jalen Brown, his reasoning for not wanting to give a straight answer is that he's part of the players' union in this situation, and so he doesn't want to violate anybody other's, you know, privacy in terms of the players. I would say, whose privacy are you violating by simply giving your own status? Are you somehow giving us the answer to LeBron James's, you know, of status for vaccination or giving us, you know, Kevin Durant or something like that by telling us if you're vaccinated or not, Jalen Brown? Literally, the only people who care right now are the fans in Boston because they want to, you know, hope and they they want to guarantee that somehow you're going to be eligible to play, knowing that there's a ton of people out there, reporters and all that, saying that if somehow you fall into that fourth seed, which is pretty pretty likely it could end up happening in this situation, 
if things don't go well tomorrow, there's a chance you won't be eligible to play. And because you lost two out of four games to Toronto, if you can't play and Horford can't play, and knowing that you won't have time, Lord, that's three out of five starters you will miss in that first round, at least for games three, four, and six. Meaning, if you lose just one game at home to the Toronto Raptors, if they can at least steal one game at home from you, you could very well be a first-round exit in in the playoffs this year, all because of the fact that you chose not to get vaccinated this year. And, of course, the other reason is, why would you keep it quiet all season long? Knowing, that, knowing how much controversy there was all season long and knowing that Brown is one of those really big outspoken people in this situation when it comes to defending his fellow players and all of that, I am shocked that he never basically came out and said it publicly. Like when it comes to Kyrie, you know how many people around here have, like me have said yeah. Brown was one of those reasons why Kyrie and the issue between, you know, him, Tatum, and Rozier versus Kyrie, Horford, and Hayward, the, 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 the six players couldn't get along in this situation. And it forced that, you know, that time where we could have been a championship contender. It forced the situation to self-destruct. And ultimately, one big three had to be sent away while the other big three basically got to continue. And we chose to stay here with the young players. Yes, I've said it many times on this on the airwaves here. And yet we still see guys like Brown and Tatum, you know, huggy-huggy with, with Kyrie Irving at this point. It's one criticism that many of the former players have said in this situation, that they can't stand seeing it in this, in this case. So why is it that if you are, you know, not vaccinated, why couldn't you come out and say it publicly in this situation, knowing how everybody was bashing Kyrie all season long for not being vaccinated on his end. But then now that everybody's questioning you for being vaccinated, whether or not you're vaccinating, you're vaccinated, you don't want to give a straight answer. To me, you guys, it almost sounds like the brother is trying to cover it up for some reason. He doesn't want the truth to come out for some reason to the people. So he's giving you that answer of, I'll be ready to play, hoping that you'll accept it as though, Okay, he can go, but at the same time, he doesn't have a straight answer knowing that there's still other people saying he can't. And I think one of the reasons why a lot of people are kind of like saying, I don't buy that, you know, don't give me that type of crappy answer, give me the real straight answer, is because of what Mm. we saw with Aaron Rodgers. Isn't he one of those guys who kind of basically said, you know, I am, and then we found out he wasn't? Not too long ago? Yes. Exactly. So and then he did it again. If that's bingo. So if you can if what what really can we end up seeing? Right now all the evidence kind of points to the two of them being unvaccinated. And the only thing you can they can basically give us is we'll be able to play. But there isn't any evidence right now that tells us they're vaccinated right now. That's really the key point. So 
could be in the situation that maybe, just maybe, tomorrow comes. If it's proven that they're going to have to face Toronto, maybe they go and get the needle put in their arm at some point this week so that they can be guaranteed to play starting next weekend in this situation when the when the games start in this case, as obviously the playoffs will not start until next weekend in this case. But at the same time, the fact that you the fact that the team itself was not willing to just simply come out and make it public that they are vaccinated when they could have done it, you chose not to, which put a dark cloud over your best players in this case, at least three of them in this situation. But one of them, thanks to an injury, <laughs> that's the way it's looking. Thanks to an injury, yeah. Time Time Lord was able to basically get out of the storm and get a nice bright sunlight basically to come over him and dry him off. While Jalen Brown and Horford still have the thunder, the lightning, and the rain pouring on top of them. And basically, we will not be able to stop asking those questions until either A, we do play the Raptors in the playoffs and we find out for sure whether they whether they get to play in a game game three or not. Or the Raptors get eliminated from the playoffs by somebody else, meaning you won't have to worry about that until next season if the restrictions are even still there. So in a way, you guys, I blame the Celtics team, the ownership, management. I blame all of them in this case for not being willing to basically come out and just say publicly, yes, we are 100% vaccinated in this case. If these guys are really telling us the truth, that, yes, we are vaccinated and we can be basically eligible to play. If that's what you're telling us by this whole, these two comments of, you know, I'll be able to play no matter where it is we are in this situation, or I will be able to play in this situation. I just don't want to violate anybody's, you know, privacy as a member of the union. Right. If that's what you're telling us, then the team should have had no problem Making the public, making the statement to the public back when ESPN questioned them in this case. But the fact that they didn't do it means that obviously somebody isn't isn't vaccinated, and so they knew they couldn't make it basically without lying to the public in this case. And if the truth ever ever came out, they would have probably been looked at as looked at the same way that Aaron Rodgers has been looked at ever since the truth came out about him. So, obviously, that's where now I would ask you to. You got to. You totally agree. Is there anything else you want to say to that, Kevin? Um, it, I mean, you you covered covered the basis on everything, and I'm just like, it's a shame that we're talking about this, and then the playoffs, and then got about to make a run. They're looking really good, um, and we're talking about these guys being vaccinated. It, it just the wrong time. Is it the wrong time? Is it? I mean, it's the wrong time for for this to be an issue, especially when you only got one game left and you got the playoffs coming up, and it's a possibility that they could play Toronto. Um, it just, I, I just, I, I get it, but I don't understand. That's all I can say about it. Okay, I totally agree. Meanwhile, that's when I would ask you to. If you have to choose a potential, I guess you can say, path at this point. Again, I already 
explain why it looks like Philly is going to fight tomorrow to win that game in hopes that you're going to lose to Memphis because Toronto has basically had their number while Philly has had Chicago's number, so they are going to want Chicago because Toronto, Toronto for damn sure doesn't want a matchup with um, should I say Philly for damn sure doesn't want a matchup with Toronto in round one. Right. So <laughs> if you are gonna, are gonna look for a path at this point, which path are you more willing to accept at this point? Are you more willing to accept a path of the second seed, knowing that you're potentially gonna have to go through Brooklyn in round one, then Milwaukee in round two? then either Miami or Philly in round three, or would you be willing to let Philadelphia pass you Some take the three seed in this situation while you drop to the four seed so that <laughs> you can take on Toronto mm-hmm. in this case, hopefully manage to beat them despite whoever may or may not be able to play knowing that, in this case, Milwaukee will then be forced to take on Brooklyn in round one. Philly will obviously get that easy matchup with Chicago in round one, while you get again Toronto. Miami, of course, will get whoever ends up in the eighth seed, seed, which likely means a Cleveland or a Charlotte, in this case, or Atlanta in all likelihood. But you mm-hmm. will likely end up, like I said, you will end up with Toronto. But then in round two, you likely will end up with the Miami Heat with Time Lord returning in this case. Then in the Eastern Conference Finals, if you get by Miami, you end up getting Milwaukee or Philadelphia, whoever survives in this case, or possibly Brooklyn, if Brooklyn manages to eliminate Milwaukee in round one, and then likely Brooklyn in round two. Hmm. Because, again, it's, it's, a, it's a tough question in this situation, I will admit, in this case. Because, obviously, Milwaukee is trying to set up. And to be honest, in this case, I kind of question. Milwaukee is, again, trying yeah. to set it up where they get that easy, easy matchup. And it could be, in this case, Again, that they do not want to face Milwaukee, um, face Brooklyn in round one in this situation, and it's obvious that that means they do not worry about us in this situation in the second round in this, in this case. Or it could also be that they think maybe that Brooklyn hopefully could basically eliminate us in round one in this case, and so they're hoping yes. Brooklyn facing a weak a weakened Boston team. Maybe Brooklyn could eliminate the Boston Celtics. And then we would have home court against Brooklyn. Because, again, no matter what happens, whether it's the Boston Celtics against, you know, against the Milwaukee Bucks in this situation, somehow, some way, you know, it's going to be a situation where Milwaukee's going to face somebody decent in round two. But – yes. Maybe it could be that they're thinking, okay, Brooke, you know, Boston has went two and two against us, you know, but that last game we didn't really face them with all their best players in the situation, you know, 
both home games, they, you know, both home games against us, Boston, you know, kind of not nearly knocked us off both times in this case. And so home court advantage may not really mean crap at this point for either team at this point. And I think that's, I think that we proved that. So maybe it might be better to take the three seed Brooklyn face the Celtics and hopefully Brooklyn can yeah, eliminate so them too. or at least, or yeah. at least weaken them to like that. We can face a weakened Boston team in round two and maybe make it easier to get to the second to the third round in this case. So it ain't no guarantee. That's the way I, I kind of see it. It ain't no guarantee that Milwaukee's doing this simply to avoid Brooklyn in the first round. It could be very, it could be very well that they do not want to face a healthy Boston team in round two, knowing that we just proved even with our weakened state that we can easily destroy the Chicago Bulls in this situation because we just destroyed them two nights ago and it was in Chicago. It wasn't at home. You destroyed them in Chicago. So if you can destroy them in Chicago, you definitely know you can destroy them at TD Garden at this point. Yes. So that that series, five games tops, and the series is over in this case, so long as the Celtics don't fool around, in my opinion. While Milwaukee realizes we end up facing Brooklyn, uh, there's a chance that series, knowing that there's, there's a history there between the two teams and all of that, maybe that series might go a little bit longer. Boston is going to be waiting for us. That gives their time, their players time to heal. Then time order is going to come back in this situation. And Boston has better three-point shooting than we do. And at that point, if time order is back, we ain't going to be able to attack the rim as easily, easily as we like to. That was the whole reason why they beat us the other night, because we weren't able to stay as big as we would like to, because we only had Daniel Tice and uh, Grant Williams, and then everybody else who played was practically guys who would really never see the floor in this situation, which is why you got to give the Celtics credit for having a bunch of guys who, like I said, are end-of-the-bench players. They still nearly knocked off the world champs. What happens when you have all your players available at that point? So I wouldn't be surprised if that's really the whole thing here. Maybe it's not Brooklyn that the, that the Milwaukee Bucks are worried about, but it could be they're worried about the Celtics, and they're hoping the Celtics get eliminated in round one by, by Brooklyn. So like that, they can get Brooklyn in round two, and the real threat is Boston. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think? Do you think maybe that could be the whole thing, the whole thing here in this situation? Get behind Boston, forfeit the home court in this situation if you have to, and then pray that Brooklyn knocks the weakened Boston Celtics in round one out so like that you don't have to face a healthy Boston Celtics squad in round two. What do you think? Yeah, I do you think Milwaukee could be something like that? that? Um, yeah, I think it could be, I think that could be a possibility. Especially if it's going to be against a weakened uh, Celtics uh, squad, because uh, they're pretty banged up right now. So I think I think uh, the Bucks might want to take that route. That route. How about you, Kevin? I agree totally. You 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 basically hit it hit it hit hit it on the nose. Yeah, nothing else I can say about that. You know, because the Celtics, ladies and gentlemen, 
to be honest, the Celtics have actually had a decent record, to be honest. If you were to look at the tiebreaker, that's one thing I would actually say, if you were to look at the magic numbers. The Celtics have the tiebreaker over the, over the Milwaukee Bucks. That's the whole reason why they would get the second seed if they were to win tomorrow and the Milwaukee Bucks were to lose. And the reason for it is that they got the better record against playoff teams compared to Milwaukee. So that in itself does say something. If you've been able to beat the, 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 the playoff teams in the Eastern Conference more times than the Milwaukee Bucks have been able to, then who do you think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be more afraid of? You or Brooklyn? Especially knowing that you, in this case, you know, I'll look to bring up the actual numbers here um, when it comes to the um, series between the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn, um, should I say the Milwaukee Bucks in this case, I was about to say uh, Brooklyn Nets in this case, but knowing that you, again, played the last two games, if I'm correct, in Milwaukee, but you have nearly beaten them both times in Milwaukee. It took some mm-hmm. pretty decent efforts at home. And if you would have done that, been able to close it out both times in Milwaukee, you could have easily ended up going 4-0. and The Celtics' first game against Milwaukee took place all the way back, you know, um, at the beginning of the season, back on November 12th, you guys. And it was here in Boston, and you were victorious 122-113, so a nine-point win in that game. Then you played them um, again here in Boston. So the first two games played here in, uh, in Boston, December 13th, 117-103. So you win here in Boston again in this case. Then that's when the series shifted to Milwaukee at that point for the third game. So similar to like a playoff series, first two games at home, mm-hmm. second, second, now the third and fourth games on the road. So the 25th in this situation, December 25th, which was Christmas day is when you faced them and you only lost by four in that game. Yes. And then obviously the game, the other night in this case, you lost 127, 121. So you lost, in the two games on the road, and obviously I'll bring up the uh, you know injury information and all of that, as obviously you know any game that takes place after the um, trade deadline would really feature the teams that we have now. But you've lost by by the two games you lost by were by a combined total of ten points in Milwaukee. <laughs> the two games you won by in this situation. You won by a a combined total of 23 points. So right now in the season series, you are a a plus 13 in the scoring amount versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, obviously, as you mentioned, the injuries, when it comes to that game that was uh, just played in this case, as we said, no Jason Tatum, no Time Lord, no Al Horford for the Boston Celtics. Pretty much for the Milwaukee Bucks, you basically had everyone in that game. Giannis was there, Middleton was there, Lopez was there, Holiday was there, Matthews was there, Portis was there, Hill was there, 
Carter was there, Connaughton was there. So literally, the main rotation you're going to see from the Bucks in the first round of the playoffs or second round of the playoffs, third round, are all there in that game. So obviously the big, the, the one player who was missing for most of the season was Brooke Lopez, played in this game. So you lost, again, by just six points in this game the other night, missing three starters, and yet they had basically their entire playoff rotation available on, on, on their home court. The game that took place that you lost, 117-113, which was the third mm-hmm. game again back on Christmas Day, so this would have, would have been before the trade deadline, so this obviously would have featured the previous rotations in this case, you were playing with Tatum, Time Lord, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Langford. So obviously no Al Horford in this game either. And then on the bench, Parker was um, you had Parker, Hernan Gomez, and Pritchard. There was no Richardson, no Dennis Schroeder in this game, no Grant Williams either in this game. So this in the situation I'm correct. This was that game where the Celtics were hit with the coronavirus um, impact at that point that a lot of mm-hmm. the guys were missing. And then on their side, you had Giannis Antetokounmpo playing, Chris Middleton played, um, DeMarcus Cousins played in that game, Drew Holiday played, Grayson Allen played, Portis played, George Hill was able to play in that game. Matthews played. Connaughton played. DiVincenzo played. So, obviously, again, Brooke Lopez did not play as he was not. He he missed most of the start of the, most of the first half of the season. In this case, uh, practically all of the first half of the season, he didn't return to the second half. So, based on what we saw from the Milwaukee Bucks to the first half of the season, you had most, if not all, of their rotation. Based on what we on what we saw from them, because again, this is this was before the trade deadline, so a lot of these guys are no longer with the Brooklyn um, with the Milwaukee Bucks at this point. So Correct. you were missing you were missing several of your main rotation rotation guys while they had practically everyone except, like I said, Brook Lopez, and you lost again by only four on their home court. So, literally, both games for the Milwaukee Bucks on their home court, you guys, have to come with, a, with an asterisk, a question mark, whatever you want to put to say, uh, this isn't really a legit win. No. Because you beat, you beat Boston while having to have them miss, at least in this case, you could end up staying in both occasions three to four players that were critical pieces in this situation that needed to be replaced by guys who barely get to play on the barely get to see the floor for the Celtics. So I don't know why anybody would say they're worried about having home court advantage against Milwaukee when it's been proven they can barely beat you without three or four guys missing from your rotation. So how in the world is it? How is it that basically you feel that in this case you can't beat them with all your players available? No. 
So, heck, I, I hear it constantly, you guys. I'm hearing it on the TV here in Boston from the NBC, you know, NBC Sports mm-hmm. Boston channel, which, of course, is a channel that the Celtics play on in this case. You know, right. everybody seems to be saying the same thing. They're afraid of Milwaukee. They want to avoid them at all times in this situation or as much as possible. They would prefer that they're the team that these, that, that's eliminated. They would rather face Brooklyn in this case. Okay, I understand it because they're worried about Giannis in this case, that Giannis will somehow dominate. They think that they think that the Bucks kind of underestimated us, basically didn't play their best game in this case. Two games in a row that the Bucks basically then underestimated us. So is it truly that they underestimated us both times that we played them in Milwaukee to where we nearly basically took the win both times despite missing players? Is the coach in Milwaukee that stupid? Is Giannis that Apparently. stupid? According to these people. Or is, it, or is it that basically the Celtics just might be that damn good this season that they can survive missing a few players and be able to compete with some of these better teams in this situation? And some of these people, they're the ones underestimating the Celtics. Hmm. That's a tough one. I mean, the Celtics are. I mean, the Celtics are a decent team. No question there. To be honest with me, I think it's the second option. I don't think the Milwaukee Bucks would be that stupid enough after nearly losing that third no. game on their home court to say, okay, guys, they don't have Horford, they don't have Tatum, they don't have Time Lord. Let's basically toy with them in this situation, in this case, and forget the fact that they nearly nearly stole one the last time they came here, knowing that the second seed is on the line in this case. I don't think them, the coach, would all be stupid enough to think like that the other night. And yet, you were you had That's the big lead. Word. Yeah, you know, you had the lead in this case, in that game. Obviously, you lost it. That's why you lost the game. But you had the lead in that game late in the, you know, in the fourth quarter. And Giannis and them ended up managing basically to take it back. They had to, you know, really ratchet it up on defense and all of that. Our guys, you know, the ones who in most cases don't really get to play, started to make a few turnovers, things like that. And we got to see the difference between the Milwaukee Bucks and a championship, you know, team, a team that's done it, that's been there, done that, and a team who hasn't won a championship. But again, you're not, you didn't see the real Celtics because the real Celtics, the, the regular rotation that would be out there for the final few minutes weren't around. But I don't think our the coach for the Milwaukee Bucks and the superstars for the Milwaukee Bucks would be that stupid to say, we're not going to take them seriously enough after they didn't take the Celtics seriously the last time they played in Milwaukee. And that's what it seems like most people are doing right now and saying that basically this Celtics team in this situation, the Milwaukee Bucks toyed with them, 
And that's the only reason why the Celtics basically were able to have a chance to win that game in this situation. Yeah. And so because of it, ladies and gentlemen, you shouldn't even take that game for what it was in this situation. Yeah, it was a good performance, but at the same time, but... it doesn't mean nothing. Right. And so it looks like we may have lost Kevin, but Lou, what do you think? Do you think it's those people who are wrong? Or do you think basically I may be wrong when I say basically that the that, that basically the team, the the Bucks in this situation, you know, simply may not be as good as everybody's saying in terms of the fact that I don't you think know, as good as they think they are, no. I really don't. You know, will I, you know, will I say they're, they're the favorite? Yes. I'll say they're, they're the favorite because they're the defending champions, obviously. But right. are they head and shoulders above everybody else in the Eastern Conference? No. You know, of course not. You know, everybody seems to be say, seems to be acting like, you know, there's somehow a Mount Olympus in this situation, like Zeus in this case, and everybody else is down on planet Earth in this situation. You know, and I don't think it's, but it it, it, it ain't nothing like that. I think Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Bucks can be got in this situation by the Miami Heat. I think they can be beat by the Celtics at this point. You know, obviously they've had some pretty good, you know, tough games with the 76ers. But I think, you know, I think Milwaukee will be able to knock them out in this situation because we've seen Mm -hmm. James Harden, you know, when, the, when, when you know, things get, get tough, he ends up basically – Yeah, exactly. He ends up crumbling under the pressure in this situation, and Joel Embiid is not going to be able to get the job done on his own at this point, especially knowing that Giannis can go toe-to-toe with him and match him point for point in this case. So yes. I do not think that the 76ers will be able to knock them out. So if Milwaukee's going to get knocked out in the playoffs, it's going to be Miami – Boston or Brooklyn, who ends up doing it in this case, and I think that is why. Probably Miami. Hoping... I'm not. I'm not about Brooklyn. Okay, so so one of so you're saying maybe Miami. So I'm I'm just saying one of those teams can possibly end up doing it, and I think that is the top reason why. Like I said earlier, they want to make sure that they can avoid as many of those teams as possible. Similar similar to what sure. I said, Boston would want to face Chicago round one because they would want to make those teams face each other while making sure they can get back to being fully healthy the moment they have to go through one of those teams in this case. So obviously in this case now, since we don't have Kevin in this situation, I want to give everybody an opportunity to be able to hear a few of the things that have been said uh, throughout the week before we end up obviously closing the show. Uh, as obviously we have about maybe 40 minutes left here in this case. Um, so I want you to hear Felger and Holly in this case. Um, so Felger and Holly obviously earlier this week said that uh, the C's lost on purpose to Milwaukee to avoid Brooklyn in round one, and it's a bad look for the Celtics. So I'm going to let you hear this, ladies and gentlemen, and then, Lou, I want you to tell me what you think about these guys and their opinions. 
first thing first, and you saw it tonight. The Celtics gave a valiant effort without Tatum and Horford tonight, but just fell short against the Bucks in Milwaukee with the Sixers' loss in Toronto. The Celtics are now the three seed in the Eastern Conference and are lined up to play the Bulls in the first round. That's, that's a win, right? Well, if the Celtics win their final game in Memphis, they will avoid falling into the four seed. They can still get the two seed with the win against with one win and one box loss. I'm already tripping over this. No, right, right, exactly. See, okay, look. I told you. <laughs> so here are the standings, right? If it ends this way, right. you have the Bulls. That's what a lot of people wanted. You get to avoid the prospect of facing the Nets in the first round. But if you want to dig into this further, this is what I'm talking about. You ready? All right, here, let's, All right. here we go. They clinched the two seed with a win over the Grizzlies and Bucks and Sixers both lose one of the final two games. They okay. clinched the third seed with a win versus the Grizzlies and Bucks go two and zero. Okay, like already, I'm I'm sort of lost. See, there, but there you know go. what? But you like it. I'm going to take this home. I'm going to study it, and for the next couple of days, I'm going to watch the scoreboard, and I'm kind of into it. And, so, and then you got to tell people. People ask me like, I'm confused. You got to say, listen, this is what needs to happen. Okay. If they go two and zero here, one and one, you got the whole thing. We're going to circle back to that later on. But did you like what the Celtics did tonight? And was it a good result? For uh, I hated it. I hated what they did tonight. And and I was saying, watching the game, I don't want this this effort to really distract me from this this philosophy. I just didn't like the plan, Mike. You go into you go into this game, you're fully healthy. Even though Jason Tatum and Al Horford sat out, they were they were capable. They were ready to play. They could have played. They they sat out for some strange reason. You don't want to send the message to anybody, to the media, to your team, that you're avoiding somebody. And the other reason I didn't like it is, who are you avoiding? You really don't know. We all assume that Brooklyn is going to be the seventh seed. You don't know what's going to happen. Mike, I have a hard enough time managing my own store. I can't manage your store, too, and, and get myself ready to play championship basketball. I just hated what they did tonight. Bad look. I agree. You know, if you're a championship team... You're not uh, engineering matchups. You know, you're not losing to avoid yeah. this team to get that team. Generally, and teams do it all the time. I mean, this isn't anything new. I'm not telling you what the Red Sox did is unique. But usually, if you're that team, you're not a championship-caliber team. I mean, the example we use on here all the time is when the Patriots intentionally lost that two-point conversion against Miami right. so they could draw Jacksonville instead of Pittsburgh. They got that. They got Jacksonville instead of Pittsburgh, blew out Jacksonville, and then they lost the next week exactly. in Denver because they weren't a good team. Exactly. Right? They lost in the divisional round to Denver, and they turned the ball over. Remember, they turned the ball over five times of course. Uh, in that game, and the Steelers won the championship that year. So, yeah, and, and on one hand, they were correct to avoid the team that was a hot team. That team won it. On the other hand, why are you worried about them? Look, hey, great. If you match up with the Bulls in the first round, good for you. You'll beat the Bulls. Uh, you're, you're expected to beat them. But then going forward, what happens if the Nets do win? Are you who are you who are you sending that message to? Exactly. I don't want anybody in that locker room saying, "Well, hey, we avoided Brooklyn in the first round. Nobody wants to see them." Yes, I want to see them. Well, so I'm the, the Boston Celtics. Don't want to see anybody. Come way, on, let's go. The way it looks now is after you beat the Bulls in the first round, you'll get the Bucks or the Nets in the second round without home court. And so what? So if you have the Bucks, right? So what did you gain here? You gained a week. You gained a week. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So that's basically their opinion. You've gained a yeah. week. That's pretty much it. That's all. That, that's all they feel is that you gained Big a week. Big they, deal. Don't, they they don't consider the fact that you have gained the opportunity to get time more back to being fully healthy before you face one of those super teams in this situation. You know they don't get, You know they don't consider the fact that you may have already gained the confidence based on the two games you've played against Milwaukee this week 
I mean, this season that you know you could potentially beat them in Milwaukee if you're fully healthy because you've nearly beaten them both times without a fully healthy squad, as I've mentioned here in this show. So what do you think about what they said in this situation, these two guys? Obviously, the more and more I hear these two guys, you know, um, Michael Felger and uh, Holly in this case, I continue to say I do not know why the hell these two guys get to talk about Boston sports, in my opinion, in this case. Because literally these two guys leave so many important details out just to make sure they can talk crap about the teams they get that, 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 that represent this city. That's the way I see it. That's in all the situation. it is. You know, if you know that the Boston Celtics are not going to be 100% healthy in round one, why the hell do you want them facing a tougher opponent in round one when you know they could face a weaker opponent in round one to try and guarantee themselves a, a, a pretty much guarantee themselves a shot, um, a, a, a trip to round two in this case. You know, many of these people in this case, you know, and I know fans in this situation, including myself, Igor and all of them have been saying this team is not going to win no championship this year. This team may not make it to the NBA finals. You know, maybe it's not going to be a trip to the Eastern Likely Conference not. finals. We, you know, we all felt. Uh, you know, maybe you know, maybe the Eastern Conference Finals will be as far as it goes. Maybe it's round two, but if you can basically get an easy first round matchup that could be over quickly, so like that, you can have less risk of injury to any of your other players and give guys yes. more time. Because you know, knock knock, Michael Felger, Tony Maserati, the rest of these guys at NBC Sports Boston. If you mm-hmm. get your match over quickly and the rest of these games and the NBA playoffs, the rest of these matchups continue to go farther and farther, you know, five games, six games, seven games, your guys get to sit back and rest up in this case, which means you're more likely to have a healthy squad for round two compared to the rest of these teams in the Eastern Conference. So why the heck will you say – I want Brooklyn in round one in this situation compared to saying I would prefer to see them face Chicago in round one. The way I see it, you're basically asking for a death sentence if, for them, if you're asking them to face you you are. Brooklyn you in round one. Knowing that, you got to get through Brooklyn in round one, then Milwaukee in round two, because we all know for damn sure if you're getting Brooklyn in round one, Milwaukee's getting Chicago, and they're going to get through Chicago quickly, meaning they're the ones who are going to be nice and healthy and rested in round, in round two in this case. And then what the hell happens? That's, that's the other question I would ask these guys. What the hell happens if Time Lord doesn't come back healthy for round two in this case? But then at the same time, you ended up facing Brooklyn in round one, and you went seven games. Yeah, you may have eliminated them, but you basically took your team through one hell of a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a playoff series, but because you chose to basically take that, 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 that path just to please guys like those two, you let the other team that was going to be a bigger challenge for the second round get more health and more rest in the first round 
just so you can guarantee that the seventh game is going to be on your court? There may not even be a guarantee that you're going to get to the seventh game now if your team is not 100% healthy. You know, so I don't know what it is with not only those those guys, but then also the you know some of the fans who seem to feel that we have to get home court in this situation. No offense, how many how many theories, Lou? You know, being a you know a Celtics fan in this case, how many theories have the Celtics lost over the last decade or two? Because we weren't 100% healthy. You lost a lot of theories on that. You, know, you haven't won a world, you haven't won a title since what, 2008? At eight. Yep. A perfect example yeah, it's been is a long time. A perfect example is losing that, that 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 championship matchup to the Lakers. In this case. A year later. Think of, think about it. You probably would have been able to win that matchup to the Lakers, despite the fact that they had home court advantage in the finals, if you would have had Kendrick Perkins. Why does everybody feel that somehow, someway, you can't win a playoff series unless you have home court nowadays? Team Lou has been arguably, in this case, the best team on the road in the second half. Right now, obviously, you know, due to the fact that they had a a terrible start in the first half of the season, right now they're 22-18, and you know, um, in terms of road games in this situation. So, you know, that's just four four games over 500. I don't really buy into the home advantage, though, really. No, in this case, you know, I, I, I don't blame you. But the fact that the Celtics have had a pretty decent road record. So go ahead. What was you going to say? I don't really mind a home field advantage, home court advantage overall. You know, there's got to be teams that, you know, you win at home. There's going to be teams that beat you at home. So, and even in the playoffs, you know. So just because you got home advantage does not necessarily mean you're going to win, even in a playoff series. Because, you know, the – you know, although the road team, although the uh, road team has a back against the wall, but they're not being distracted by being on the road. The home team can, you know, home crowd can cause a lot of distraction. Uh, the pressure, I think, is more on at home. So I don't really think uh, home home advantage um, really matters much. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, think about it. Because somebody does. You? Yeah, so many people do, but. I would question them. Have they been watching the Celtics recently when it comes to road games? You lost by only six points again to the Bucks just the other night on their home court with all those guys we mentioned being out, three starters in particular. You beat the Chicago Bulls on the road, 117-94. You lost in overtime to the Toronto Raptors. Again, that was the game where Jalen Brown and Al Horford and Time Lord missing. Again, three starters missing in this case. You knocked off the Denver Nuggets on the road by 20 points. You knocked off the Golden State Warriors on the road, 110-88. to You knocked off the Charlotte Hornets, 
115-101 on the road back on March 9th. You knocked off the Brooklyn Nets, 129-106 back on February 24th. You knocked off the Philadelphia 76ers, 135-87 in this case. You know, the Celtics have had some pretty decent road wins. You knocked off the Pelicans on the road, you know. So since, you know, the, 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 the start of a new calendar year, there's been some pretty decent road wins by the Celtics, and yet people yes. seem to be afraid that somehow, some way, they can't manage to get one measly road win in a best of best four out of seven. So basically, you're going to play four road games, and you, can't, you don't think they can actually steal one. That's the way mm-hmm. it's looking. You know, the games against Miami this year, because obviously Miami has already locked up the one seed, you took a game against them in Miami, 95-78, back on November 4th in this, in this case. Then, yes. obviously, the next time you played them um, was here in Boston, January 34th, um, 31st. You basically blew them out 122-92 in that one to go up 2-0 in the season series. And then the last time you played them, was here um, here in Boston, March 30th, you lost 106-98. So there shouldn't be anybody stressing home court advantage in that series because you took the only game in Miami this series to begin with. So if you can beat Miami in Miami, if Milwaukee has only beat you by an average of five points or so this season, and then Philadelphia at this point – you beat them 135-87 in Philadelphia back on February 15th. That was the most recent matchup that you had with the Philadelphia 76ers. Then you beat them prior to that. Um, you lost, should I say, 111-99 at Philadelphia. So you're 1-1 one one against Philadelphia this season in Philadelphia. And then obviously you uh, – Lost 108-103 here in Boston back on December 20th. And then you beat them 88-87 December 1st here in Boston. And, of course, the only reason why you got the tiebreaker over them right now is the division records um, in this case. So you're 1-1 in Philadelphia. You're 0-2 in Milwaukee but lost by an average of five points. And both games in this situation, you basically were missing some pretty, um, uh, should I say, in uh, one game, you were missing some important players in this situation. Then Miami, you already took the only game you played this season in Miami. I don't know why anybody feels this team has to be fearful of basically playing on the road in the playoffs. Yeah. Didn't get that either. You know... Like I said, Toronto is the only one in this situation that you went two and two at this point. But again, the only reason why you got to be a little bit, you know, weary of playing Toronto is because you do not know who's going to be eligible to play and who isn't. There wasn't any restrictions, ladies and gentlemen, about who can be eligible to play in those in those games. I would say bring it on at this point. Bring them on. Bring on the Hornets. Bring it on. Bring on the Cavs. Bring on the Hawks. Bring them on. Bring all of them on. I do not care. 
because we cannot be guaranteed guaranteed at this point that Jalen Brown can play. We cannot be guaranteed that Al Horford can play. We cannot be guaranteed, obviously we're guaranteed that Time Lord won't play. We have to be a little bit cautious. That's basically what it is, ladies and gentlemen. Fans are being cautious when they say we do not want Toronto that we're basically afraid of what Toronto can do if the teams are playing, you know, 100% healthy. It's basically saying if we're not sure that we can basically beat them with all those guys missing, we don't want them because we want to make sure our team, if they do lose in the playoffs, lose with a fair puncher's chance at this point. You know, basically (laughs) – we lose to, let's say, if we basically play, play Toronto and Jalen Brown and Al Horford basically can't play in a game where we get eliminated, that's like basically losing. That's like going into a boxing match, Lou, and you lose the, lose the match because you had to have one arm tied behind your back. That'd be pretty difficult to win with that. Exactly. That's the way many – that's the way someone like me sees – the restrictions basically in Toronto. Any team that has to go up there and play in that playoff series knows that if you don't take care of business at home, if your best players are not vaccinated, you're likely going to lose. You could lose that series while having one one arm tied behind your back practically because your best players may have to sit out. Yeah, or blindfolded in this situation. You don't know where your opponent's going to be in the ring. So pretty much you're handicapped because your best players could miss yeah. that game if they got vaccinated because Canada chose to make it like that. And many people say, I think this is actually true. Many people say when it comes to New York, it, the rule would have still been the same thing in New York, meaning that the Brooklyn Nets would have been still forced to be playing the same way mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the fact that, the, that the Major League Baseball lockout ended in this case. And so New York changed the rule simply because uh, they, wanted to guarantee, they wanted to guarantee that the New York Yankees would be able to let all their players play because the New York Yankees had a lot of players who are unvaccinated. That's yes. what kind of the rumor that's been going around in this situation, which is why a lot of people say that Kyrie Irving has – has the Yankees to thank for the rule being changed in New York, knowing that the Yankees are basically the mm-hmm. top team in New York when it comes to sports at this point, you know, and have, have been like that for years in this situation. Yeah, it, there is something, there is something uh, that doesn't seem right with this. Of course, also, baseball almost, you know, lost almost the entire season in 2020 over the COVID issue as well. I mean, you only played like about seven weeks of the whole season, which isn't much of a season compared to baseball standards. And I think I lost you. All right, Max Letterman. Uh, I thought we'd have a more definitive picture of where the Celtics stand, but 
As, uh, as is everything with the season, nothing can be easy. And so as we sit here, uh, we're still not sure where the subject ended up, but I need to bring you in with your institutional Philly knowledge and what's going on down there. Uh, are the Celtics, are they going to, is Philly content to end fourth or are they going to push hard here at the finish line of the season? I think they want three because they just own the, mm. the Bulls. But who doesn't? It's a good point, <laughs> but they don't own the Raptors mm. and they don't own the Nets. Uh, they're one and three versus both those teams. So I think if they had their choice, they would be two if they could be assured that they're playing the Cavs, which you can't, mm. uh, or three. So it, it, it makes me wonder how the team's going to play this out. Like, I, even Milwaukee, if you had to guess, like, I, I think because of the way Milwaukee went tonight and went full throttle that they would probably be okay with the two seed, even though no one really wants to see Brooklyn, if that's the case. If you're Bud and that group, do you push those last two games? or do you? Yeah, yeah, they do, because they, that's what they did last year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even remember the team they were trying to avoid, but, like, they had a meeting, and – you know, they decided, you know, he asked them, what do you guys want to do? Do you want to, like, play around with seating here and, you know, try to rig the system? Or don't, don't tempt the basketball Just guys. go for it. And they went for it, and it ended up working out for them. So I doubt that they would change their uh, their mentality. They're much better now that Brooks back, and they beat they beat the Nets and the Sixers last, mm-hmm. last week, right? And I don't know. I think, you know, when thinking about what the Celtics did, like, as long as – Ime and the players are on the same page. Yeah. That to me is what's what matters. So like that's what Bud did last year. So hopefully uh, all the the Celtics, you know, they're lo- in lockstep with each other. Reading the tea leaves I, my, is my belief that maybe there was a conversation a week ago where it was like, hey, here's how we're going to play the last week of the season. We're not going to play Al on the second night of a back-to-back. Maybe that's a perfect night to get Jason some rest, and we just roll the dice with Tatum and Smart. I mean, uh, Brown and Smart and the rest of the crew, and look what happened up in Toronto, and we'll see how it goes. And then you get here, and then the magnitude of the game went up a level because of the way the standings have played out, but maybe the sellers just stuck stuck to their guns. Maybe I'm just trying to come up with an excuse for why they didn't push. But Jason Tatum has played in so many games this year. It's just unique that this would be the spot if you were otherwise unconvinced. I don't think it's a situation where they were like, no, we just don't want to play the Brooklyn Nets. Because if I think if even went to his team, it was like, hey, guys, you know, what do you want to do? And and I think they would be in unison. Like, hey, we're not – let's no foot off the gas at this point. They've been too good. So – um, I hope that's the way. Now it'll be interesting to see what happens. Luckily, on Sunday, they'll have the benefit of uh, Milwaukee will be complete. Uh, having played earlier in the day, you'll know going in. The Sixers will be a little bit of a wild card, but um, is three the sweet spot for the Celtics? Like, is, are, are we trying to convince ourselves of that now? No, I would say four is obviously the sweet spot yeah. because then you avoid having to play Milwaukee. Because I, I was um, just talking to uh, Jim, our producer, and I said, you know, the difference between home court um, and not having home court versus the Bucks, to me, I mean, the Bucks are you probably still going to pick the Bucks versus the Celtics? Um, and I'm not saying that the Celtics can beat them, especially if Rob is back. That gives them the best chance. Um, but the Bucks are really good. They're the defending champions, so it would be better to be home. But I would just try to avoid them. I'm not worried about the Nets. I'm worried about the Bucks. So, look, you're going to have to play them at some point. Um, so if you but if you can play them in the finals, the conference finals, rather than you know the second round, that's much better. So uh, three is fine, uh, two's good, four's better. Four might be better, but four would mean that you lost on Sunday. I think it has to mean that, right? Yeah. 
And I don't know if I like that, you know, losing yeah. two in a row going into the end uh, of the season. Especially with how much momentum they had. And there's a long delay, yeah. um, which I think in basketball doesn't really matter because you want guys to be healthy. Yeah, and that's no. I think that's maybe what the Sixers are hoping, that, you know, James Harden is actually hurt mm. and not just bad at basketball all of a sudden before they give him a quarter-billion-dollar contract this summer. Um and that the week off can help him, you know, be able to beat switches. <laughs> so he feels it'd be better to take on Toronto and a potential second matchup with Miami and leaving either Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and Brooklyn one of those three teams for the Eastern Conference Finals. So obviously risk of matchup with Toronto and maybe whoever could miss the first round matchup if there's any anybody who could miss it due to the COVID restrictions up in Canada in this case. To then face Miami, which again, you took two out of three from Miami, including the only game in Miami in this case, in order to basically make the other three super teams have to go through each other in order to face you in that third in that third round matchup, rather than getting the third seed, which would mean Chicago round one, then either Milwaukee or Brooklyn in round two, to then get in this case Miami or Philly in round three. So, I will now give you again the scenarios for tomorrow in this case, and any scenarios for that still could be available for tonight due to the games that are remaining as obviously we have uh, two games remaining in the situation. The Warriors and the um, Spurs are currently in the first quarter. 10-9 Spurs with 6.36 left in the first quarter. Um, and then after that you've got the Kings and the Clippers tipping off in about 40 minutes or so, 50 minutes. Um, so Western Conference, we will start with them as they have less scenarios available. So Phoenix Suns again, ladies and gentlemen, are locked in the first seed and will face whoever ends up as the eighth seed, which, of course, the eighth seed in this case will end up being the winner of of the second matchup of the play-in tournament in this case, which, of course, the... 9-10 9-10 matchup winner, which will be the Pelicans and the Spurs in the 9-10 matchup. Whoever wins that matchup will face the loser of the Timberwolves-Clippers matchup, which is the 7-8 matchup. So the loser of Clippers-Timberwolves faces the winner of Pelicans-Spurs, and then the winner of that, of that game will face the Phoenix Suns in the first round of the playoffs. So Suns are in, are guaranteed to be your one seed. The Grizzlies are guaranteed to be your two seed. The Golden State Warriors, in this case, right now, are fighting with the Dallas Mavericks for the three, four seeds. <clears throat> so Golden State is currently the third seed, a half game up on the Dallas Mavericks, who are your four seed. So the Golden State Warriors in this situation, have a magic number of two. Same thing for the Dallas Mavericks. So the Golden State Warriors, as I just said, are 
currently playing against the San Antonio Spurs. So if the Golden State Warriors win that game, if there's anybody out there who's currently scoreboard watching at this point, if the Warriors win that game tonight, that will mean that all they got to do is win their game tomorrow or have the Mavericks lose their game tomorrow in order to get that spot, the third seed. If the Spurs win that game tonight, that will mean that the Warriors, to be the third seed, will have to win both their game tomorrow and make the Mavericks lose, or hope the Mavericks lose, should I say, their game tomorrow in order to be the third seed. For the Mavericks, in this case, they got a magic number of two in order to get the three seed, meaning that obviously they can get it by winning tomorrow and hoping that the Warriors lose either tonight or tomorrow in order to be the three seed. Whoever ends up as the three seed, the other team will end up as the four seed in this case. <clears throat> Meanwhile, the five, four, the five and six matchup is the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets, both teams tied at 48 and 33 with the Utah Jazz currently fifth and the Denver Nuggets currently sixth. So the Utah Jazz can get it by winning their game tomorrow in this case or with the Denver Nuggets losing their game tomorrow. The Denver Nuggets get the fifth seed by winning their game tomorrow and hoping the Jazz lose their game tomorrow. So basically that will be it. Whoever gets the fifth seed, the other team will take the sixth seed. Again, when it comes to the playoff, um, the play-in tournament, 7 through 10, the Minnesota Timberwolves are locked in at the seventh spot. The Los Angeles Clippers are locked in at the eighth spot. Those two teams will face off in a matchup. Winner gets the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round of the playoffs in the 2-7 spot. The Pelicans and Spurs, as I mentioned earlier, are currently slated to face each other in the 9-10 matchup. It's just a question of who will be 9 and who will be 10 in this case. The Pelicans currently are the 9 seed. The Spurs are the 10 seed. So if the Spurs lose tonight to the Warriors, in this case, the Pelicans will then be your 9 seed. The Spurs will be your 10 seed. If the Spurs manage to beat the Warriors in that game tonight in San Antonio, that will mean tomorrow the Spurs can then take the, the nine spot from the Pelicans with a win and a Pelicans loss tomorrow night. So that would then, like I said, flop the two teams with the Pelicans Spurs being the ninth seed and the Pelicans falling, falling to the te- to the 10th seed. So those are your situations in the uh, Western Conference. To go to the East now in this situation for everybody, in this case, <clears throat> again, the Miami Heat are locked in as your number one seed in the Eastern Conference. The Milwaukee Bucks are your two seed. The Boston Celtics are the three seed. The Philadelphia 76ers are your four seed. The Milwaukee Bucks can take the one to take the two seed with a win tomorrow, or a Boston Celtics loss tomorrow. In this case. The Celtics can become the number two seed with a win and a Milwaukee Bucks loss tomorrow in this case. Again, the Milwaukee Bucks will play tomorrow, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. The Celtics and the um, Philadelphia 76ers 
both their games tomorrow will take place at roughly the, at the 7 p.m. Eastern time. Now, for the three seed and the four seed, again, Milwaukee Bucks can be the three seed with a loss and a Celtics win in this situation. The Celtics can be the three seed, a loss, or should I say, um, with a win and a Philadelphia 76ers loss and a Milwaukee Bucks win in this case. The 76ers can be the three seed with a win and a Celtics loss. So basically, there's no way for Milwaukee to fall down to four. Milwaukee will be either your two or three seed. Boston is the only team that can be two, three, or four. Philadelphia can be three or four. So again, Milwaukee is two with a win in this case or a Celtic loss in this situation. Celtics are the two seed with a win and a Milwaukee Bucks loss, which will force Milwaukee down to three. The Celtics are the three seed with a Milwaukee Bucks win tomorrow. Or if the Celtics lose and the Milwaukee Bucks lose in this situation and the Philadelphia 76ers lose, or in this situation, or and I should say like that, the Celtics will be the three seed if they lose and the 76ers lose, because basically as long as the 76ers don't win tomorrow and the Celtics um, um, lose, then Philadelphia doesn't pass them. So the five and the six seed, ladies and gentlemen, the Raptors are locked into five. The Bulls are locked into six in this situation. The playing tournament is a little bit more crazier. The Brooklyn Nets can be your seventh seed tomorrow by basically winning, as simple as that or a loss by the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Atlanta Hawks, and the Charlotte Hornets. So long as Brooklyn does not lose and those teams all end up winning in this situation, they can end up basically being your seventh seed. So Brooklyn wins tomorrow, they clinch seven. Cleveland can move up to seven with a Brooklyn loss and a win of their own, which, of course, they will play Milwaukee tomorrow, as I mentioned it in this case. The Atlanta Hawks, in this situation have the opportunity where they can end up moving up to eight if they end up winning and Cleveland loses in this situation and Brooklyn wins their game. So like that, it ends up being in this situation that they have just a two-team tiebreaker with the Cavaliers in this case. The Charlotte Hornets could end up basically jumping up all the way to the eighth spot in this situation if the Brooklyn Nets uh, lose and the Cavaliers end up winning and the Hawks lose as well. This would make it where Cleveland runs up to seven, Brooklyn falls down to nine, Charlotte jumps all the way up to eight, and Atlanta would be your 10th seed in this situation. So that could end up being done. Um, Then you have the opportunity where – Basically, at that point, you have a bunch of crazy matchups. Brooklyn can end up facing uh, Cleveland. Brooklyn can end up facing Charlotte in this situation. You know, Charlotte can end up facing um, Charlotte can end up facing Brooklyn to, um, Brooklyn in the first round, as of right now. So again, it's going to be a crazy 
um, 40, uh, 24 hours tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. So you stick around tomorrow. Keep watching what's going on, and we will keep be, keep you all informed. But, again, the playing tournament is next week. The first round of the playoffs start next weekend. We will let you know the actual schedule, and we will be back with you next weekend in this situation as we basically enjoy the first round of the NBA playoffs. So join us next week in this case as we basically look towards the prize for the banner 18. So thank you for joining us as we look to talk to you again here on Celtics Talk Radio.